Welcome to Recurring Nightmares, episode 30. I am Chris, as always, joined by Jeff. Yo! And we have a uh, religious doubleheader, sort of, I guess, uh, coming up in a little bit um, from 1999, a pair of 1999 religious movies. But uh, before we get to that, uh, Jeff and I have seen a ton of stuff um <laughs> a lot of which is kind of new so and a lot of which is relevant to this podcast like i'd say about 90 percent horror yeah yeah very very much horror um a, a lot of what we've watched <laughs> horror or horror adjacent i would yeah. say yeah. um yeah there's one comedy thrown in there but uh <laughs> We're uh, mostly mostly horror on this one. Um, guess we'll we'll kick it off with that comedy though, because uh, that, that was a big one for both me and you to go see. Oh yeah, uh, Clerks Three um, came out. Spent a week in theaters, kind of strange uh, event. Yeah, release or you know, a very weird release model. Because it was it was ultimately distributed by Lionsgate. So it was really strange that it was like this weird Fandango or Fathom event type thing that uh, was only a week long and it was only playing like once or twice a day at tops and very weird the way it was released. Uh, Kevin Smith's out there touring the film as well. Like he did um, with Jay and silent Bob uh, reboot. Yeah, I what that one was. Um, but yeah, so Clerks Three, um, coming back to, I would say maybe his most successful of his films. Um, that's kind of the one that got him going, at least for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, th- this this one uh, takes place. You know, the these guys are older. At the end of Clerks Two, they they left movies. They bought the Quick Stop. And uh, that's where it kind of picks up. Um, I thought it was a decent film. Um, I, I liked it. I was really apprehensive about it going in because I feel like of everything he's done, like Clerks is the one that, had, you know, like you said, it's the one that got him started. It's, I don't know, it's the thing that he hasn't fucked up also, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, like Clerks 1 is a classic. It's... You know, it's a classic 90s film. And Clerks 2, despite seemingly being forgotten and not noticed enough at the time, is, I think, his best movie. So I was like, oh, no. You know, with his recent track record, I was pretty worried about this. And It's not been good. He's he's not, yeah. um, he's not been and knocking it out of the park. There, you know, there was some really... Uh, I, I think it has a positive, uh, like Rotten Tomato score and all that, but like there were some reviews that, that had me like really worried. But I, I liked it as well, like uh, not perfect, <laughs> um, but uh, I don't think he screwed this one up. I don't think. I think it it works if you care about Clerks. I don't think it works if you've like never seen Clerks or whatever. But um, no, this is very much like a addendum to everything he's done in that you know his his little universe his clerk's universe where all of his early films kind of connected giant silent bob 
involved with it. Um, if you don't care about that universe, you don't care about these, especially, you know, Dante and Randall. Yeah. This film doesn't work. But I thought it was, you know, it was like a love letter to the movie that gave him his career. It, like it really was a love letter to Clerks. Um, yeah. Like down to how he kind of, you know, filmed it and uh, all of that. Like it was all <laughs> shot in like, you know, the, the premise of this film is that, um, Randall is he's kind of going through a midlife crisis after he has a, a heart attack, and he decides he's going to make a movie because he loves movies, and yeah. he, he's making Clerks. Basically. It eventually becomes the making of Clerks, essentially, and, and yeah. with you know beside behind the scenes stuff that actually happened, such as Jay being too nervous to to dance in front of people like he did in the original film, and you get to see that here. Uh, and, you know, there were reviews that were like, this Kevin Smith has finally crawled all the way up his own ass, and this and that. And, but it's like, I don't know, if you care about that movie, which I do, I thought that was some of the strongest stuff in this, It was seeing them make the movie and have a great time together doing it. Um, and yeah. I thought, you know, there were, <laughs> I, thought it, I thought the humor was mostly funny in this. There's some bits, like, there's a bit about Randall... <laughs> worried about the doctor seeing his penis, which I thought was really funny. Uh, um, and, you know, I think Jay is pretty funny in it, and I, I just think overall it's, like, really sweet and, and and funny. And also, like, hanging over the whole thing, though, is this kind of sadness, like this... It's kind of a bummer <laughs> of a movie, in a way, because it's all about middle age, you know, and the, the idea that, you know, once you reach the age that they are and we are approaching, uh, you could die at any second, you know, and and it's, <laughs> so it's kind of a bummer in that sense. And I think it goes, for my taste, I think the ending, there's parts of the ending I really, really love, and but there's parts of it that I, you know, without spoiling it, I thought went too far and was not necessary, but... Um, in general, I really liked the movie. I really appreciated it, and um, it stuck with me for a little while after seeing it. Yeah, same. Uh, um, and and in a good way, I think. Not in a uh, like some of his stuff has stuck with me. Those <laughs> <laughs> yeah. recent stuff, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> like I've I've been a fan of his since you know the nineties, and it's like, what is he doing? Because like they're a yeah. time when he was a competent filmmaker um he, he used to be went off the edge he used to be talked about in the same breath as like tarantino and spike lee and shit and you know that that's not the way his career went at some point um and i feel bad about it in, in some ways but you know what he he's he's carved out a different kind of career since like everything imploded everything kind of imploded with zach and mary it seems like and he's done some weird and bad movies since, but he's also, you know, he doesn't even need the movies anymore. He's a like full time podcaster and kind of promoter and just a personality, right? So, and, and, I mean, he does. He also does a lot of like, um, well, at least when DC was on TV, like on the CW, he was filming. He was doing like episodes of that, like Supergirl and Green yeah, Arrow, some, and, some directing t- yeah. TV, yeah. And, and you know say what you will about his films since like he doesn't have to do them at all like i said he, he could easily just do what his other stuff but uh 
he's he's able to make movies that somehow turn some sort of profit for him. In fact, I yeah, think yeah. this was made because of DVD sales of Jane Silent Bob reboot, which I don't think a lot of people really liked. I, I know you and I both didn't. Really yeah, care no, like, uh, yeah, if, if you stuck around, I don't, I don't know if you stuck through the credits and if they had the bonus features, uh, which was weird. Uh, but but in mine, like he kind of had like an interview talking about the making of Clerks three, and and he said, yeah, the reason that he was even able to make this was because Jay and Silent Bob made money, and they were like, can you do another one low budget like that? And yeah, I think he what, might have said that at the it. top. There was like a thing at the okay. top uh, before the movie started. But uh, I stuck around through the credits. Like he, he like gives a speech through the credits. Um, but then, like, I was yeah, okay. All right, this is done. I'm walking out, and then they started doing some blooper reel, or I don't know what. And I was like, all right, like my wife is halfway to the lot already. She's <laughs> she's like she just ran yeah, out. Yeah. yeah, there was like a whole behind the scenes thing where they yeah. interviewed like uh, you know Rosario Dawson and and you know yeah. uh, the main characters in the film, and um, they kind of went through that. And uh, yeah, it was interesting to see how his process is, and it's not. It's not being funded by Miramax anymore. Yeah, uh, and I do think some of some of his problem is that is that he's left to his own devices and yeah, get no notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, like like you know, say what you will about the Weinstein's, and there's plenty to say about how shitty humans they are. But uh, you know, they kind of had a rein on him and were able to channel his creativity in a way that you know made better movies. But whatever, it's a <laughs> Yeah. I think for this lar- I mean if I think if you care about clerks I think this largely works and yeah. um also I really love the song he ended with the song called I'm from New Jersey I forgot the artist that that uh, does it but I really liked that um yeah it's it's uh it's like if you're a Smith fan you you kind of have to see this I'm going to get it on Blu-ray when it comes out so Nice. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth it if if you're a Kevin Smith fan. If you're like I hate like I remember somebody walked out of Clerks too. I remember remember um, yeah. <laughs> watching or I think it was somebody on Good Morning America. Like they walked out of the fucking Probably, theater uh, watching it. Probably the donkey show. Um, yeah, and and, <laughs> uh, and it was like you know like he just obviously does not like you know Smith stuff and like. You know, if you're not into his stuff, don't go see it. It's not, it's not worth it. It doesn't. You don't want to have an emotional connection to it. But I think you know this is not as good as Clerks Two, but I think this largely works. And there's moments that are like will hit you emotionally for sure. If you yeah, can. yeah. Um. So we saw a bunch of other stuff too. Uh, let's jump into uh, kind of the one that's been at least in on my Twitter feed for a bit was kind of sweeping. Uh, everybody off their feet. Uh, Barbarian. Yeah. Uh, which we both saw. Um, I don't know. I heard people like, and I, I maybe I'm just crazy and, and didn't come out of it, but people were like really hyping this film up. Yeah. Um, really like, oh my God, like it's so amazing. It's like a new thing for horror. And I saw it and it's good. It's a good movie. Yeah. I had fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it, not it, groundbreaking. It, it, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you actually on this one. You you kind of said this to me before I went into it. Like, I, like, I don't like it's good, but I, I don't. And I'm the same way. I'm like, it was fun, but like, 
I saw some of the same stuff as you. Like, I've been a bunch of horror groups on Facebook and stuff, and people, like, just, like, blown away by this. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I could name at least five other horror movies this year I think are better. So, but it's not to take away from what it is. No, no. It's it's a fun movie. (laughs) It's fun. I mean, it is a bunch of different movies kind of cobbled together, like, like different themes and different, like, premises and it's kind of all put together and it works real well and it's fun. And there's like a really interesting twist about, you know, 30 minutes into the film. It's like, well, what the fuck just happened? Like oh, that. Yeah. I, I think the best way to see barbarian though, is like not even see the trailer and like, just know nothing. Like just start watching. Yeah. It. Cause you're going to think you're getting one movie and it turns into another. But the problem is <laughs> the, the movie it starts with is the best movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, agree. The, the, the opening 30 minutes of yeah. that is a better film than what yeah, ultimately ends up being and not a ton going. I, I don't want to like really get into the plot on this one this much because again, like I said, just I think you should just see it. But it's it's like the, there's not a ton going on in that first three minutes, but you're just so intrigued. You're like, all right, what is this? You know. Yep. Uh, and then like it turns and it just becomes like a. I don't want to say too much. It just becomes more of like a silly, fun horror movie type thing, and um. And then there were things, uh, there's like a part that takes place in the past that features Richard Brake, who is like a Rob Zombie regular, and he was in Mandy and stuff. And there's an interesting part with him that goes on for like 10 minutes and then ends, and I'm like, I really wanted to go back to that, you know, I think it was like the 80s. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to go back to that period, because that was also intriguing, like you get the idea of what was going on there because it does play into the rest of the movie, but I was like, oh, I was really surprised that is all we got. It was it was this little part with that. Um, but yeah, and then you have uh, Justin Long as this total douchebag Hollywood producer. Uh, he, he's a really fun character in my opinion, especially the way things play out with him. And he plays a scumbag super well. Yes, and and but like. You know, totally talking around what this movie's about. But there's a point where you think like, oh, maybe he gets like redeem himself somewhat for some of the things he's done. Like do something good. <laughs> it just like pulls the rug out from under you again. The movie is really good at like zigging when you think it's gonna zag, and it's fun. Like it's a fun movie. I just don't understand like the like the hype like overhyped it a little bit like once it gets going and once you know what like what it is it really reminded me of another movie which i mentioned to you and i don't want to say what it is but uh it's kind of that yeah <laughs> uh but yeah i don't think we could say much more about this it's fun no, 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 it's go fun. yeah if you're looking for a fun horror film go go see it don't just don't like you know keep your expectations in check and don't expect your world <laughs> to be shook by it um, another one that we uh, both saw, uh, Orphan First Kill. Oh this one, god. this is oh a, my god, this is a wild one just from the simple fact that like Orphan came out like a decade ago, well over, and um, that movie was like silly and it's big, it's remembered today for its like crazy twist ending, 
Yeah, and and I I mean I think you, we can spoil the ending yes. on Orphan is the the little girl in that is not a little girl. She is like some she has a disease that keeps her looking like a ten year old child. She's actually like a thirty year old woman. Proportional dwarf is. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if it's that's a real thing. Maybe it is. If it is, but uh. That's the big twist, and that's the surprise. And then this new movie coming way, way later is like a sequel, prequel. It's a prequel. Yeah, it's a, it's a prequel with uh, the same actress. <laughs> yeah, which they did. They did some movie magic to make that work. She's an adult now in real life. Uh, but I feel like you could totally say the setup to this, and it doesn't ruin anything because oh my god! So like, we're, we go back to like where this girl came from. She's she was a killer in Estonia. And when we meet her, she's in a mental hospital. She escapes. She Googles, you know, missing kids. She finds a missing kid in America that looks like her and, you know, impersonates, you know, pretends to be this missing kid, which is actually something that's happened in real life. There was a uh, Netflix special about this guy that did the same thing. He's like a con artist, and he got, you know, people figured it out. But the parents wanted to believe it very badly. Right. Um, and again, it's so weird, too, because she has, like, this Estonian accent. And, She's you been know, missing for a few years. And the parents in this film, the parents in this film want to believe it too. It's like, oh, well, she's been gone for four years. You know, you pick up the accent where you live. You know, everyone's trying to explain away yeah, like, the things here. Over justification of everything. But this movie also has a twist. However, the twist of this one comes at like the halfway point. It's pretty wild. In my opinion, this twist is even better. A lot better than the original, and it sets up a second half of this movie that is just insanely fun. Like, oh my god, I loved this movie. Just my jaw dropped. I could not have guessed. Okay, again, we're not going to spoil this, but my guess watching the movie was, oh, you know, she's impersonating this lost child, and they're going to find this lost child alive, and then we're going to get like the suspenseful like killing and whatever in the second half. The actual twist, the oh, actual reveal, much nuttier, a million times better. It's so good, dude. Like it's it's brilliant. Like it's, I'm just like, wow, 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 wow. Like whoever thought of this, you're fucking genius. Um, and it's just really fun from there on out. Like, uh, I think this is better than Orphan. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it's too bad we can't like say what it is, but of course we both know what we're talking about yeah. here. And I if you've seen it, you know too. <laughs> I own it as you, but I really liked it as well. So it's just yeah, the dynamic. It, like the reason this is a better twist is because it completely changes the movie after, and there's there's a lot of movie left. Like the twist at the first one, it's like, oh wow, that's a great surprise, and that's the end of the movie, right? Um, but here, it's like once you find out <laughs> this twist, you're like, it just changes everything, and you're just like, it's such a fun dynamic that it sets up for the rest of it. Yeah, it it. It kind of like it just throws you off because you know you're expecting this normal kind of flow, and we already know that we know the twist from the original, and you're just like, how is this going to play out? And and it plays out the wildest fashion. I I wonder if anyone like figured it out before it happens, but like I, I for me personally, it just like blindsided me, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Um, I think there are, there are maybe some hints, but yeah, I mean, you could 
guess multiple things, and if you watch a lot of true crime, you can maybe guess what's going on here, but man, did it fucking blindside me, and it was so much fun. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty out there. Um, all right, let's uh, see. So uh, th- this this one just came out, and I'm kind of interested to, to hear what, what you have to say about it. And I, I kind of know your opinion on it, but I want to hear a little bit more. Uh, you watched Blonde for the, the past yeah. weekend. So this Marilyn real... Monroe. Yeah. Not not biopic, but kind of it, it has the structure of a biopic. It it's you know, it starts with her as a kid and it ends with her death. Um, but boy, could this the director Andrew Dominic here, who he did the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, he did Killing Them Softly. He's done some really good work. This might be my favorite of his, like he so does not care about following that formula and about and I think because this movie got trashed by critics it's got an even lower score from audiences I think what happened here is people want that standard biopic they want something that is sympathetic and celebrates who Marilyn Monroe was they also want something true and like I think what's come out after this is this is based on a novel yeah, that is based on some parts of Marilyn Monroe's life. Um, most of it is not accurate. And the thing you have to understand is, I don't care. Like, I don't know anything about Marilyn Monroe. I haven't seen her movies. I'm just going into this, going, I want to see a movie. And I guess what drew me to it is one, it's it's the director. I, I like his work, and two, I'm like, it's an NC-17 movie. Okay, what is this? You know. Right. That's it. I was not prepared for what I got, which is a fucking horror movie and a great horror movie at that. Um, and I'm not being like clever or cute about it. Like I mean it. Like it's a horror movie. It's 100, percent dude. Like watch the first 20 minutes of Blonde and tell me it's not a horror movie. Um, and this is not like a spoiler thing, but just just to give an example of, of the of the type of thing that happens in this. There's a part where she's fucking drugged out of her mind and she's wandering around her house and she's wandering around like naked and you've seen her breasts previously in the film but here they look strangely different and then her chest itself looks all veiny and she's all fucking like freaked out and she's walking through her house and you just see a dude standing against like a wall in the background in like a trench coat it's like what is going on here dude and like you know, I think in her mind, it's it's that she's so gone, far gone at this point um, that she thinks that like some of JFK's secret service agents are out to get her to make her abort uh, a baby that she she thinks she had with him. Um, the, dude, the first twenty minutes is her as a kid with her mom, who is like scarily psychotic, um, driving her into a middle of a fucking. Uh, Force her, um, trying to drown her. Like, dude, this is like, it's not the movie that you expect, dude. It is a fucking horror movie. It's so artfully done, too. It's very, very trippy. Like, um, just out there, bizarre. Like, there, there's a part where she's talking to her fetus that's in her inside of her like having a conversation with her fetus and it's like you're not gonna kill me like the last one are you like crazy shit like that um and it's, it's weird i feel like 
like on uh, the Slash film cast every year, at the end of the year, they'll be like, you know, name some movies that you didn't get, and then name some movies that they didn't get. And I feel like if we did that at my end of the year, like, mine would be blonde. Like, people did not get it. It's not what they, they wanted. And, you know, it's like if you if you care about how Marilyn Monroe is portrayed and this and that, or if you're worried, like you said, about, like, being super accurate to life, you know, or if you want a biopic, like, it's it's not, th- this is a horror movie, dude. And if you, <laughs> and I went in with an open mind not even expecting that. And I was just, like, blown away by it. It also has, like, the best score, like, the, the original score of the music. Um, it's done by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis. Best score of the year. Easily, dude. It's so fucking eerie and beautiful. Um, I've been, like, listening to it every day since. So, I can't recommend this enough, but, like, I just know... <laughs> I am in the minority on this, but I really thought it was like a damn near masterpiece. Um, I wonder if maybe they didn't, you know, say it's Marilyn Monroe and then, uh, you know, well, there's no way to do that. Yeah. There's no way to do that. You you need it to be Marilyn Monroe for this to work, but yeah, it's, it's her exact likeness. You know, they're, they're, they're recreating, you know, movies and shit that she did and famous Got scenes that the the you know the she stands on the grate and it blows up her dress um and you know it's not like it's not things that happened in her life you know it's just like it's not worried about you know crossing the t's and dotting the i's on it it's oh like, so like some of the stuff i read you know in in the wake of this coming out last week yeah. is that like all the stuff with the mother is completely not factual like, see that doesn't. I don't care. You know, for me, like, I don't, don't care. care. Yeah, it works yeah. for you as a movie, yeah, but I yeah. can see where, like, if you have any understanding of Marilyn Monroe's history, of her relationship with her, you know, her mother and and her, you know, her family through all that, like, like that, like I could see where that would be like. Yeah. Mm. And you have, you know, the director and and the actors and actresses prior to last week. Yeah, this is this. We're trying to tell Marilyn's story, and it's like. Okay, like there, there's evidence over here that states that you are fucking wrong. Yeah, and well, you filmed you know. it this way, and it, it, it's like these are real people. They're like they were real people, and you're dehumanizing them in a, in a way that maybe isn't isn't clicking in what would work fantasy wise. Uh, I guess just for me, it's at the end of the day, it's what works as a movie. You know, like. I I personally dislike biopics, so like I don't want to see a biopic on you know I wouldn't want to see a biopic on Stephen King or you know what I mean like like I I I want it to be a, a good movie and so like I don't care I don't care if it was even about somebody I cared about if it was like inaccurate right like uh, and then another thing like a lot of reviews said is like the people that, like really disliked this were just like it's so cruel t- to her and I'm like. I guess, but, like, the point is that the world was cruel. Like, it's one of those, like, depiction doesn't mean endorsement things. It's not like they're like, look how cool, like, this is. It's just, like, it's saying, yeah, the world was was bad to her. Um, Yeah, I I think for some people it was, like, but the world wasn't that, like... Yeah, I guess, I don't know. Bad things that happened to her, but also she, like, she was a pioneer, and she was not just... Yeah, and it's not... and And that's... That's I think we like honed in on the problem that people had with it. For me personally, though, like man, like 
I still think even if you thought that to like overlook all the like the artistry on display here, I, I just think is like way too dismissive. Like I don't know. But I mean pe- people I liked it. <laughs> people overreact to things. So. Yeah, yeah. Um maybe I'll get to it. I it's like three hours long though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it didn't really didn't. feel like it. And and um I was like really shocked that my wife was into it the whole way. And like she was like, as we're watching it, she's like, This is really cool. Like this is out there. Like she was totally into it. I was like, couldn't believe that like at the end she loved it. Um so like we got two people on this house that at least there thought it was pretty pretty brilliant. Um boy, I did I love that movie. Like it's it's crazy like how how much that's not one thing that happens often where a movie has like a thirty percent on the tomato yeah. mirror. I'm like genius <laughs> but uh, it, it pretty much was i'm good and glad glad you liked it maybe i'll get to it at three hour runtime as well it's what's kept me away from like rrr as well like, oh dude you'll love them both you really, uh, I, well i can't guarantee you'll love this <laughs> I, I but you're a horror fan i think you'll uh, see some of what i'm saying yeah if, I, if um, you, have, you can like disconnect it from from reality just to appreciate it as a yeah movie um RRR, you'll love. You won't even feel the running time. Um, I mean, more accurate to life, I guess. Uh, you watch Dahmer. The, yeah. The new, uh, um, Pretty accurate, yeah. Forgetting what his name is, Kelly. Ryan, like, Ryan, Ryan Kelly. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ryan Murphy. Ryan. Ryan Murphy. Yeah, Ryan Murphy. Uh, yeah. The the uh, American Horror Story guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's a fucking American Horror Story for you. <laughs> Jeez, man, this is way worse. I mean, I only seen. I think season one of American Horror Story, but like, even if the shit here depicted was not real, it's like it adds that layer of like, holy fucking shit, right? Really well done, limited series here. It it does a. I think the one incredible thing that it does that I, I don't see a lot of people talk about because probably it's an uncomfortable thing to say is that I think it does a really good job of showing how he became a serial killer. I'm fascinated by serial killers and and a big thing about it for me is like how does someone like reach the point where they, like they they do that, you know? I think this does a good job of like kind of charting uh, that. Uh, and you do spend, you know, most of your time with Dahmer. So it's like he's the lead. It's kind of crazy. Um, but... Three episodes? Huh? What's that? Three episodes? Oh, no. It's like ten episodes. Oh, okay. Well, I thought, it was, I thought it was shorter than that. Before. No, no, no. It, it's it's a full... Uh, yeah, I want to say ten. And like maybe... Full, full season of TV. Yeah, and maybe it could have been a little shorter... But uh, I really appreciated even like the stuff that felt kind of like the last episode felt like all right the story's kind of done here and what do we have left just killing Dahmer uh, but I still enjoyed that episode because that episode kind of tied it into Gacy a little bit like showing how similar they were which I was like really surprised by no one ever like really makes that connection even though like they were two very similar killers and 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 you know kind of that same era almost yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it does a good job of that. It does. I think it honors his victims really well, especially there is one episode, episode six, that's completely devoted to, uh, one of his victims. Like it's like the whole, 
episode is from the his victim's point of view, and you spend like an hour getting to know his victim, getting to know this guy, and I'm like really kind of liking this guy as this is one of the few um, situations where like this guy and Dahmer almost kind of dated a little bit. It wasn't like some guy that he picked up and took home right away and killed, you know? Right. Which was his MO. You get this whole episode where it's almost like a romance forming between them, but the whole time you like, you know, like this ain't going to work out, you know? Uh, and, and it's really kind of heartbreaking because you, you're already sympathetic towards this, this man to begin with. Cause he's deaf. Uh, and you're just like, you know, his life is hard enough as it is, and for it to end, you know, like this at such a young age is just crazy. Um, and then it does a little bit of, like, there's a character who's his neighbor, who, like, lives right next door, in an apartment next door, who's, like, constantly trying to warn the police that something is wrong. And so it does a good job of showing how, like, racism and homophobia, probably even homophobia more, Played into how um, someone like Dahmer or Gacy got away with what they did for so long, right? Because the cops would just see something going on and be like, "Oh, that's gay shit," and and Dahmer knew that too and would use that and say, "Oh, we're just doing gay shit. This is my boyfriend." You know, like he could have been caught many times, and, and and a lot of people's lives could have been saved. So I think it does all those three things really well, and I think that the acting is superb. Uh, from everybody like i would like to point out his dad the guy who plays his dad in it richard jenkins Mm -hmm. from my hometown he's excellent as his dad um evan peters is really good as Dahmer. my probably my only nitpick with the show is that is that uh like it's a great performance but like I just, I'm like, he plays him a little too weird because if you watch an interview with Dahmer from real life he's very like almost normal seeming like a little bit like slightly strange but i think he plays him stranger and kind of more menacing here than he came off in real life so it's strange nitpick but it's still a brilliant performance and it's like it's it's a tough watch it's so funny too because like most people i would talk to in real life would be like i don't go for this like real life serial killer shit i don't want to watch that it's too fucked up and it's funny because then I would like to know how the fuck this has been the number one show on Netflix for like a month now. Uh, or like at least it's going on three weeks now. It's the number one show on Netflix. I'm like, all right, well, we're all the people that are watching this. Yeah, right. It's clearly very popular. Um, yeah, they're secretly watching it. Yeah, I guess. Not, I don't not know. Not talking about it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I saw a lot of talk about it when it first came out that first weekend, and then it's kind of died down. But yeah, it is sitting there at the top of like their most watched stuff. So that's another one where people like I, I guess this is like a Twitter thing is just to yell at everybody about liking or watching anything. But it's another one where it's like if you watch this, you're racist or whatever. And it's like, dude, I didn't kill these men. He did. There's a story about him. Like, I. I Dude, the guy killed seventeen fucking people. They're gonna make movies about him. I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah, and like the the reality is, is like true crime has been a, a it's popular. popular genre, and not just now. Like, it's huge now, but it's been that way for decades. Like, people like hearing true horror stories. Like, and you know, I'll admit, I, I'm I'm in that camp. Like, it's it's. You know, it's a bizarre 
thing to to watch as entertainment, but it's also just kind of like it's a genuine fascination for me where I'm just like, how could this happen? You know, right? Like, what, think, like what leads up to it? Like, yeah. how is he so normal on the outside? Yeah, yeah, appearing that way to neighbors and coworkers and and other people in the community that he's able to do this for that long. Like, you know, it's one thing you know to to watch it in a fictional movie. Where you know a guy dresses up as a fucking clown killing people or yeah like, like shit like that like it's like it's fantastical, but this is like you know, these people are you know they manipulate they're so manipulative yeah. that it's like how does it get to that point and how do they do it like how don't we how don't we notice because that means like if if all these other people were were you know tricked that means my neighbor could be fucking hacking people up in their basement. Right. right. And it's like, it makes you f- like fearful of everybody. <laughs> like, I think, I, and I think that this series does a good job of kind of answering some of those things. And one of the answers is racism and, and homophobia. The cops yeah. are, we're blinded by that, you know? So I don't know. I, I think it's really excellent, but again, I know it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but uh, if you're listening to this show, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, it's possible. Um. All right, move, moving off the the uh, true or you know partially true to life stuff. Um, I saw Pearl. Oh is, yeah, yeah. Is the prequel to a film that came out earlier this year. Uh, Crazy. Which which um uh we we both liked. Uh, I think you a little more than me. X. Um, yeah, it's for me diminished a bit yeah yeah yeah. especially with so many outstanding horror movies this year um it's not again it's not like my opinion has changed on anything but like i came out really high out of the gate on it and i was like yeah it was good yeah and that that, that's where i I was that's where i think i still am with it it's a good film um you know it does does some things differently pearl is uh looking at so you know if you remember from x there was the the old couple that ran the house and ultimately they were the killers in that film uh spoilers for like a five-month-old movie uh, <laughs> sorry because uh, i know people probably haven't all seen x as it was like a little bit you know it's a what's an a24 film or whatever um so it's an independent horror film anyway pearl is that it's it's her the the wife of the, of the old couple uh but like back in like the 19 i think it's like 1914 1918 it's what whenever the uh spanish flu the pandemic was i was, was gonna ongoing. say yeah i, I want to uh, say it was around 1918 yeah maybe? It might be world war one era it was, it was world war one it's you know winding down on world war one um she lives in where, wherever they were, Texas or wherever, uh, on this farmhouse, the same farmhouse from X. And uh, you kind of go through her, her life there. Like she is, she feels trapped on this farm. Um, but you also realize that maybe things aren't all there with Pearl. <laughs> She's a little oh, off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so you, you, you know, as it progresses, you see her relationship with her mother and her father and uh, her father who has like a, you know, who caught the the flu and now has like a you know, debilitating disease where he can't, he can't move. Like he's basically paralyzed and um, can't really talk anymore. She's in a wheelchair. 
Uh, so you go through that whole thing and, and you start to see why maybe she is trapped there, why her, her mother is keeping her on this farm. And she's fighting to get out, so there's this whole push there and uh, of her rebelling against her mother. And things keep escalating and escalating uh, until they start getting like more and more murderous. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and there, it's a it's a fun little bit. It is not quite as violent as uh, as X was. I think there's some really good kills in X. This is more. This is like what if the Wizard of Oz turned <laughs> okay. in, turned into like a horror film at the end? Uh, it kind of has like that that visual to it. It feels like it's all very musical looking and Wait, it's very old theatrical. Yeah, it's it's very pretty, but it's very like this looks like a movie, like they're on a movie set, um, and I think that that plays into it too because X is about making it's about making porn movies, but it's about making movies. Pearl has aspirations of being an actress and and getting into films yeah. herself. She, she wants to be a star. Like, yeah. that's kind of going to be the through line I think between this trilogy he's making, right? Yes, he, um, he is. He is making a third film that uh, uh, stars Maxine, um, who is also uh, um, uh, what's her name, Mia Goth. Mia Goth, yeah, uh, who plays Pearl in this. Uh, it is not. It is not quite up to the level of X. I don't think there is a wonderful monologue that is like five minutes long that uh, Pearl gives to her sister-in-law in this movie uh and it is just like it is great like she is fantastic through it and i saw oscar talk about this monologue i don't think it'll happen because it's a horror movie but uh i mean it's very very good and like it just keeps ramping up right so it starts out as like she's talking to her sister-in-law as if her sister-in-law was her husband who is off at war and so she's like revealing all this stuff and it just keeps getting darker and darker and darker. Uh, it's a great delivery that she, uh, she it's, it's phenomenal. It is, it is the reason to watch the movie. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. It is not like, it is not the slasher that X is. Um, this yeah. is more of a drama that has some murderous intent behind it at the end. That's kind of what I've heard, but to be honest with you, like the reason I really want, well, there's two reasons I want to see it. One is Mia Goth. I, I think she's lovely. Two is, is just that bright technicolor look of it. Like that I just saw in the trailers. I'm like, I love how bright and colorful it is. Like, so I, I really want to see it. I'm sad. It's still, I think still playing here. So I guess I could technically go see it, but it's like, I saw the Blu-rays coming out next month. I'm like, I'll just blind buy the Blu-ray or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I'm sure I'll like it enough, you know, the, for, you know, you, that's the funny thing is the way ticket prices have gone by me anyways. It's like, it's cheaper to buy the fucking movie. Like we spent 30 bucks, the two of us going to see Barbarian. It was like $13 each. Like, like, dude, we don't live in the city. What are these city prices? Like, what the fuck's going <laughs> on here? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I had, I had my A-list. Going again. Yeah, so, no, so, um, I'm, feel, I'm feeling stupid. I should um, just stuck with it. But yeah, like if you buy a ticket for you know your, your wife or, or girlfriend or someone, and you you know it's expensive, thirteen bucks. You get you get a drink, you know, popcorn or something at the theater. All of a sudden, going to the theater, it's a fifty, sixty dollar night. <laughs> like, even think about it. If you have kids, like, geez, man, that's got to be a hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. 
you know, endeavor. Like we we go we go twice a year with the kids. The big like, yeah, the big yeah. you know, go see you're gonna go see Black Panther maybe or oh so yeah, something at a yeah. at Thanksgiving. So like yeah. like, but that's a hundred and fifty dollar day. Like that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's no joke. So uh yeah, Pearl Pearl is good and yeah, um that is one thing I I, I am enjoying and it's also why uh, talk real quick. I saw Thor Thor four, but that was something I could have gone to see in theaters and it was like. It's going to be out on Disney Plus in like 45 days from when yeah. it comes out. And it was. It came out in September. Um, I've now seen Thor 4. That movie is fine. I don't understand the hate behind it. But it, it's, a, it's another, you know, it's another Marvel movie, but it's fun. I heard you really liked it. Like, you seem really high on it compared to even other Marvel movies. Uh, yeah. I mean, compared to like what they've done yeah, well, in the last two years, like, it is really, really good. I think it's really fun. It's funny. Um, has a has a good like licensed soundtrack behind it. Um, it feels a little bit different, but it's also it's still like a Marvel movie. Like, yeah, yeah. Which you know to me is like, I won't be seeing it. <laughs> yeah. But like you compared to even like other people who are into Marvel, like most people seem really down on this, and you are like the opposite. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, and maybe it was just like I don't, I don't really care about the ongoing storyline in the Marvel movies, like just give me something to entertain me. And like they do, like this is an action movie that, you know, it's, it's a stupid action movie. It has gods in it. Like Zeus, like a Russell Crowe is in it as Zeus. Like it's absurd. It's pretty dumb at points. Um, But like it, it has a good, good comedic tone to it. It's very bright, very colorful. Like it does not look like a lot of other Marvel movies. Um, and like I think you know, it's tied together. It, it flows real well. There's this really cool scene in the middle of it where it's all black and white, um, um, and like there's just like little bits of color because they've moved into this like nether realm where all all of color has been been wiped away. It has like a really good look to it, I think, and it, I think. I don't know what people want out of Marvel movies right now, um, but I I liked it a lot. Um, it's still a Marvel movie, so like if you're not into like superheroes and and that shit, it it maybe doesn't work. But dude, uh, you know what? I had a good time. I, not to like go into a, a, another aside here, but um, but I kind of mentioned it a second ago. You know what looks amazing is Black Panther two, or what is it? Yeah. Uh, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, Wakanda Forever. <laughs> And I'm saying that as a person who, like, I can't tell you the last Marvel movie I saw years and years ago, right? Um, that, uh, looks, that, that trailer is phenomenal. The, it the looks like a fucking real movie. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it doesn't look like it was shot in a fucking parking lot in Georgia. Like, it looks like the set design, the costumes, the action, like, the you know, the, the action sequences that they show, like... It's just everything is so interesting to look at, and honestly, I hate to say this, like part of it that like really fascinates me about it is the fact that Chadwick Boseman has died, and they play off that in the trailer. Like it gives you chills when you're watching it. I'm just like, I think I'm going to see a Marvel movie. <laughs> like I don't know, man. It kind of like really blew me away the first trailer, which was a couple months ago, and then the new one. Like they both like. It's like, yeah, wow, uh, and man. not not to dwell on this too long, but like, yeah, that's uh, that trailer just recently came out. We we both watched it. 
And I saw people immediately go, oh my god. Like, they revealed who the ne- next Black Panther is. Like, yeah, we... Did they? Didn't, didn't everybody fucking know? I don't know. I don't know. Is okay. it the, the chick? The... Yeah, it's his sister. Uh, okay, I think... I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember... I think I know who you're talking about. I think I know um, Yeah, They show her... someone, a female figure in, in yes. the, the costume at the end. I'm like, I'm assuming it's that girl. I don't remember yeah. that. Sister, so, so, yeah, if you, if, you, if you remember from the first movie... It's not like, him! Right. It's not him. It's <laughs> a female. And it's like, I thought everybody kind of knew that, like, his sister... Uh, I'm drawing a blank on, on who plays her, but... I can't remember the actress's name. Yeah, she, she is... She's the one that was going to take over now that, you know, Chadwick Boseman has passed on. Like, I thought that was common knowledge. So I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, am I living in La La Land? Like, like everybody's all I, upset about this. Like, why? Like, dude, obviously it was going to be. <laughs> I don't know. Who cares? Right. Like, ultimately, yeah, like, I, I, I feel like you're, now that you say it, now that you say it. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't this covered in like the press and stuff. Yeah, I thought like for for I and maybe I'm just like, like I drew dots that were there, and maybe other seems, people did not. It was pretty, uh, yeah. But I, I do like the trailer kind of plays off like that sense of grief, and I think the movie is obviously going to too, and I'm like it, that fascinates fascinates me about it too. You know, like you kind of feel like you know. It's like not like I cried when he died, but it's like a sad thing, you know, that he died. Yeah. Like, so it's just like, damn, dude, they're gonna like play into this emotionally. Maybe we're gonna make something worthwhile here, you know. And then you got Coogler directing, and so yeah, I, I might be. Well, I, I can tell you this: I'm getting dragged to it. Melissa loved the trailer. So. Oh, well, there you go. So yeah. enjoy when it yeah. comes out in November, I think. So, yeah. um, a couple other things I saw in theaters. Uh, Don't worry, darling. I you saw it? I did the new Olivia Wilde movie, uh, starring um, Lawrence Pugh, uh, Chris Pine, and Harry Styles. I really liked it. Uh, cool, so did cool. my wife. Like it is, it is dumb. Like I think ultimately, like I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's oh, it's not as smart as it thinks it is. Like one who gives a shit. Like yeah, um, Florence Pugh is great in it. She is phenomenal. Yeah. It, yeah. it plays a lot like it plays a lot like other movies. Uh, Stepford, mm. Stepford Wives, The Village. Um, yeah, like it, it. It plays with your perception of things, and then ultimately, you know, something is revealed, right. and and it's it's weird, and that's what I the feel, mystery is, right? I feel like I'm on to what it. Yeah, I feel like I'm on to what it is, and I don't even care because one, Florence Pugh. Two, the movie looks gorgeous from the trailers. I'm just like, wow, and yeah, it has it's a that, really like, good looking movie. That creepy, like Stepford Wife, like Twilight Zone vibe. Like, it yep. looks like a like a Shyamalan. Like, I'm like, I I, I want to see this. Like, so yeah, when you finally do see it, I, I'll love to talk because that is exactly how I kind of felt about it. Like, this is yeah. like a Shyamalan type film. Um, it's very like it's not anything original, like super original. But you know the what it is is interesting enough. I think. Um, my wife liked it. We were both like, that was like, she's like, that was fucked up. Like, like ultimately like the way the whole thing that is, that is in place is all pretty fucked up. Um, it's interesting. I thought like, I don't know. Like, I think people want to hate on Olivia Wilde for whatever reason, you know, you know hate on her all you want. I don't which, know why 
she I made mean, a she, decent enough film. She does come across as kind of dumb or something in the press. Like some of the stuff she says, you're like, dude, come on. But like, I don't know. I think she's good actress. She's beautiful. I, I, I think, the, you know, I thought Booksmart was well directed. This looks like it's well directed. So yeah, and it looks great. Like as you said, like, uh, it has a, has a really good look to it. Harry Styles is not a um, he's not a good actor, but yeah. he is serviceable enough. Uh, in in this that like he's there, but uh, like this is Florence Pugh pulling this movie across Man. the finish line, and Chris Pine is like really good as as the sleaze bag in this. So as one of the sleaze bags, are there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. It was a good time. Um, that was one. That was one. That was a twenty dollar ticket for my wife at the theater because we saw it yeah. in, in Dolby. <laughs> yeah. It's one that oh, my wife shit. really wanted to go to, and we haven't got to it yet. I don't know if we're going to get this weekend. I'm going to try. I'm really going to try to get her to go, even if we can't go on Saturday. I think we have plans. I might be like, let's go on Sunday, man, because I want to see it, too. I, I still, I, nothing I've heard has deterred me. Like, it sounds fun. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not expecting to be blown away. I just it's, it no. sounds like a good time. Just uh, just note that it it is a little bit slow to kind of like ramp up to the weirdness. Yeah. There's pew like and there's the yeah, visuals. and that, that's it. Like you know, you're just like okay, like she is, she's so good, <laughs> <laughs> and like Harry Styles eats her out on her kitchen table. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard this. Yeah, it's like all right, yeah, that's that's happening. I'm into it. Um, one other one saw in theaters uh, just came out. Smile. Oh yeah. Um, viral marketing masterpiece. I yes, say. yes, yes. The, the the people at the baseball games, those creepy girls with the smile. Yeah. Um, um, they did a cool thing on Twitter for if you like tweets about it, it would do a smiley face. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, You've seen this movie before. You've seen like The Ring yeah. or, or anything like that. Like it follows. Uh, yeah. No, actually, it, it follows very, very uh, much this movie. But this is more mainstream. Yeah. Um, I think it's good. It's a it's it's a fun enough film. Um, if you've seen it, follows or The Ring or any of those like you know viral horror type things. Uh, you know what's coming. You know how this plays out, but it's still fun. Like the visuals are good. Um, I think there's some really good jump scares in it. Like uh, I think that's what it does real well. It has some really good jump scares. It is jump scare city, man. And uh, I have to ask, like you saw it with an audience. Right? There was how was was it a full house or what? It was not a full house, uh, which was a little disappointing. Because um, uh, I saw it, I saw it at a early preview. Yeah. Um, and it still was not oh. full, um, but it did did fairly well, I think, at the box office uh, it, over the weekend. The hell beat uh, Bros, which was another story this week. Yeah, I mean yeah. that was one that everyone was expecting to be a big big success. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I it I mean there was some crowd reaction. There were definitely some people jumping in their seats, but it was not it was not the fun like yeah. oh God, like where people are screaming people at losing their minds. Yeah. Nothing like that, but um, maybe they're just not fully back to the theater. <laughs> so it's a good time though if you, you get a chance to see it, or um, I'm sure it'll be on 
something very shortly. Well, uh, all these films are like 45 days and then hitting a streaming. Service. Yeah. Well, I think it was successful. And so I think it has a couple of weeks, but like, I, I like, I don't worry, darling. is high that we both want to see it. So, um, yeah, yeah well, if I yeah, get to the totally theater this weekend, that's probably next up. But, uh, man, there's just a ton of good movies. Like, it's crazy. Like, what, we've spent, like, an hour now talking about all the stuff that's come out in a month? Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's been insane. very, very good release. We still, we have not finished everything. Um, <laughs> tell me about Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I've heard good oh, things. Oh, yes. I don't know what this is about, though. Okay. Um, it sets it up. You never saw the trailer for it or whatever? It's no, like, I did uh, not. It's there's a hurricane coming. These like rich kids, you know, like in their twenties, like all get together to have a hurricane party. Basically, just hang out and drink and shit in a house, like in you know one of their mansions, Pete Davidson's mansion, and um, they start playing a game called Bodies, 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 which is kind of like hide and seek, but there's a killer, and you know, like uh. You turn on all the lights. You, you, you go and hide, and the killer, whoever, no one knows who the killer is. And if he touches you, then you're dead, and you have to yell, bodies, bodies, bodies. The game pauses, and everyone has to, like, who's the killer, you know, type thing, right? Right. And then you, you know, okay, let's reset the game. Like, let's keep going, and, and then, uh, you know, wait for our next victim and do the same thing. And, of course, you know, Real killing starts happening. That's the premise of this movie. Uh, I don't want to like say more, but like, man, I feel like if you're like paying attention at all, you're gonna start to like be on to like something's off here. And I was like very, very close, in my opinion, to to calling who the killer was. Like very close, I, and I, I I can't I can't like say what I want to say. Yeah. um, and it's really clever like it's a really cool idea and I think that the movie is really kind of got its pulse on like the current culture and the younger generation and the kind of vapidness of of today like you know let's say 20 years ago the vapidness of culture would be like, show me your tits. Let's get fucked up. Right. 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 But today it's like living on social media and talking like you're a fucking Twitter bot. Like, you know, there is a really kind of incredible scene where Pete Davidson cuts that down his own girlfriend. When she says, um, he says something to him, like, you know, you're gaslighting me. And he says, what the fuck are you like? Have you ever had original fucking thought in your life? Like, when you say gaslighting, he's like, that's the most overused fucking word I've ever fucking heard. He's like, you know, uh, all that proves to me is that you have a fucking Twitter account. And I'm just like, damn, dude. <laughs> like, it really, like, it, it's 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 a fun short horror movie with a really clever twist and a hell of a punchline. Like, the final like minute of this movie is so fucking funny. Um, but like it, it has kind of something to say about like the times that we're in too, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, and it's got a pretty cool cast, like an up and coming cast. So, um, it's one of those uh, ones. Go ahead. 
I want to say it like it's uh, yeah. it's one that 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 you know you you just watched. Uh, it's one that that Earl, our, our friend, um, he had said that he really liked. So it's one of those ones that I've seen some people say like this is going to be a classic in twenty years, and I'm like, you might be right. Like you really might because it's like it's of the moment, but it's something is fully caught on yet. Like based on what I saw, I'm like this should have been a bigger hit in okay. the theater. Like I think it's one that, let's say one day it hits Netflix, it's gonna hit the number one movie on Netflix. Everyone's gonna be like, "What the fuck was this movie that came out?" Like you know, and then that's when it's gonna hit. Like, you know, it's gonna because I just feel like it's it's too fun and it has too much to say about where we are right now. Um, but yeah, it, I really I can't wait to like discuss the spoilery aspects of it with you. All right, yeah, it's it's one I'm I'm looking for. I, it just came out on on VOD and like I don't yeah. know, tw- twenty bucks for like a sight unseen movie is like I'm, I'm a little skept- skeptical say, on that. But. I'd say you're safe. It's, the only thing is, it's like one of those movies where it's like you, now I know where it's going, so it's like how often will I watch it? Right. right. I don't know. Like you you rewatch Scream every now and again, right? Like yeah. Um. So I, I think you'd be safe, but again, I think you could wait probably one week from now, and it'll probably be a rental. Yeah, like real soon, it'll it'll yeah. it'll be showing up as like you know a six dollar seven dollar rental, and like then I'll, yeah. I'll take the plunge on that. They usually do that two week lag, like the two week of oh you could buy it now, and then like two weeks later it'll be buyer rent. So yeah, um, about the patient, Jeff. Yeah, um, TV show. Uh, on Hulu, have you watched any of the patient? No, I don't. I I, I saw the like, you know, the Hulu ad or blob for it, or but yeah, I don't really know what what it is. Very simple setup, and it's a pretty cool hook. Steve Carell is a uh, psychiatrist, and in the first episode, he gets kidnapped by one of his patients. He wakes up at his patient's house. He's got a chain around his ankle. His patient says, I'm a serial killer. You need to help me stop doing this. And that's the premise of the patient. (laughs) And uh, the the serial killer is Dom Hall Gleason, who is like the guy who is in Ex Machina. He's like, you know, not the Oscar Isaac character, the other guy. Yeah. Uh, He's good. Steve Carell is very good as a psychiatrist. Like, it, it feels like a side I've never seen of Steve Carell. It might be like one of his best performances. He's got like this really soft demeanor where it's almost like you're listening to ASMR when he's talking. Um, and it's it, it, it's a character who is like very carefully uh, choosing his words at all times, and not just because he's smart and he's a psychiatrist, but now also because of the situation he's in. He's like, I have to be careful. I don't say the wrong thing to set this guy off and have him kill me. Um. My only thing about the show is like I don't understand why it's like a twenty minute show every week. So like you get twenty minutes and then you have to wait a week. It's like what? Why? Like that is that's weird. That's sitcom length. Like twenty right? minutes is a yeah. Comedy. It's like a twenty twenty two minute show. Like the longest episode has been like twenty nine minutes, and you're just like it's just not enough. Like it just like you're there's literally episodes, especially early on, where it's like, it, the episode feels like it's just getting started and just getting interesting, and then it, it, it ends, and you're like, oh, fuck, I gotta wait. 
Um, but yeah, it's pretty good. Like I, I, it's it's like sailing along on the strength of its premise alone. It's just such a fun idea for a, for a show that like even if it's I don't know how I'll feel about it at the end. I feel like this has to be a limited series because it has to go one way or the other by the end of it, right? Like, yeah, what are you gonna do? Three seasons of him chained in this guy's house. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll see how I feel about it overall. Like so far, I'm like it's it's not like amazing, but it's just such a cool idea that you're like, I gotta see how this plays out, you know. So uh, it's worth checking out. Yeah, I mean and. 20 minutes i guess i i could find 20 minutes yeah to, yeah to, to watch it and see if I, the premise hooks me i mean the idea of it is pretty neat so yeah it's right it's clever um what about the rental uh, i just want to touch on this briefly because this came out i think in 2020 a couple years ago it's a horror movie directed by dave franco um i just i, I want to touch on it because like i felt like it got overlooked when it came out and just kind of middling reviews and I was like, oh, I'll wait till it's like free on something, I guess. And I did. It's free on, you know, it's on Netflix now. And I was surprised. I thought it was like better than than people were saying. It's like two couples uh, check into an Airbnb. Like, you know, they got like a vacation house somewhere nice. And um, it's like couple drama for most of it. And But then like in the end, like the third act, it turns into a slasher movie. And I thought both halves of that were pretty good. Like, I was into it. It has, um, as one of the leads, the dude from The Bear and Shameless. Uh, I don't know the actor's name, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, the the cousin or the, the lead the main guy? guy? Okay. The main guy. Um, it's good. It's good. I think it's solid, man. Like, I was into it. And I, that was another one where I guessed, I guessed uh, what the killer was. I was like very proud of myself once again. You're on a streak there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but even so, still, still pretty fun. Um, um, you didn't have it on your list here, but I did want to hear your thoughts on Speak No Evil. Oh yeah, did you end up watching it? Not yet. It's one okay. I, I have on my Shutter list. Uh, I want to get okay. to. It's on Shutter. This, yeah, I, I saw some like buzz around it. And if you look up reviews, like the reviews are like real positive for the most part, but like you know, be warned. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, the uh, it's mostly like a comedy of manners for most of it. That like it, this movie will just like drives up your anxiety as you're watching it because it's a couple is on vacation in Italy. They, you know, they. Ha- end up running it in, into another couple and making friends with them the way people will do on vacations, right? And, you know, six months later or whatever, they get an invitation from this couple. Hey, come come visit our house in, in the countryside of... I forgot where they lived. But it's like a seven-hour drive from where, for where our main couple lives. They go up there to spend the weekend. And as the weekend progresses, it's like one minor trans uh, aggression after another, like microaggressions <laughs> and shit, like just little things. Like they know that the the wife, like uh, you know, the, and our, our main character, the wife, uh, is a vegetarian. And as soon as she gets there, they're like, "You gotta try this fucking wild boar I'm cooking," and. She's like, no, no, I'm good. He's like, no, no, you gotta try it. Like, it's like one little thing like that after another for like an hour and ten minutes. Like, where you're just like, oh, like, it's like, you feel 
like sympathy for like the the our main characters in the situation that, like because you could picture yourself being in that situation like just like you know you're like the anxiety of hanging out with people who are new they're not you're not comfortable friends with them yet yeah and you've you've, and, you've just driven seven hours you can't escape you can't stuck, just like yeah. oh, i'm gonna go home like you're stuck there for the weekend yeah and it's and so like the movie plays off that brilliantly and it's kind of like the best stuff of it um but then <laughs> it's a horror movie so it goes like places and where it goes it's like incredibly dark <laughs> like uh so i think yeah, it's, it's it's um you know you go look at the reviews on letterbox some people some people be like fuck anyone who told me to watch this movie like and that'll be like a positive review <laughs> like you know what i mean like where it's like whoa does it get rough at the end but uh it really holds off like it's really about that tension of hanging around someone new and wanting to be polite um and you, you know, and not being comfortable with with other people yet. Like it, it really does that stuff well. It's just so much better than ninety nine percent of the stuff that comes to Shutter. That's new. Usually, it's stuff that's like, oh, this feels like very cheap and you know, almost TV movie or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and this is like really good. Every once in a while, they get a gem. Yeah, yeah. and this is one of them. Uh, it it's been getting buzz in the community. I mean, there's some people that don't don't really care for it, but if you could like, I'm sure there's people get like, frustrated that like it waits so long to get to like the the the, the horror. Yeah, I don't know the horror of like social anxiety. If you have any of that, uh, you're gonna feel it watching this. Yeah, uh, I mean, sometimes that you know all that that build up yeah. that tension and then finally being released in like this ultra violent, ultra dark way yeah. is a, uh, you know, it, it makes it a better movie, but um, yeah, I want to, I want to give it a go. So I glad, glad you had to hear next time <laughs> or yeah. whenever you see it, uh, what you thought, because uh, I think it's pretty good, like really good. Uh, we got two more quick things here. Uh, well, one might not be so quick, but um, yeah. So it's uh, you know it's October now. Uh, you know, d- people doing their horror viewing for the month, uh, and and I am too. And I'm for whatever oh, reason <laughs> I'm watching Amity the Amityville films. Yeah. Any uh, gems in this one? I no no gems. No gems. Absolutely no gems. Uh, so I I started four days ago at the beginning watching the original Amityville horror kind of going through it. I've seen some of these other ones previous this year. I've seen some of these films already. Uh, I have not seen these movies in a long time though. The Amityville horror is fine. It It's a mediocre horror film. Um, I did not remember, or maybe they just cut it out of, cause I saw it on, I saw it as a kid multiple times on like, you know, Sunday afternoon. And they're running out like on like one of your yeah. local stations. Like they run those horror films. Like uh, I saw it multiple times there, and I think they may have cut out the scenes where they have flashbacks to the actual murders that happen in Amityville. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happens in this movie. Um, they go like the actual true crime murders uh, of the DeFeo family in Amityville that kind of tied into the Lutzes then moving into this house a couple years later, which then, you know, ended up 
being a hoax and all that, where the Warrens were involved. The Warrens, if you watch any of the Conjuring movies, um, they're they're the husband and wife paranormal investigator team. Uh, they're not in this movie, but that's kind of where all this plays in is this haunted house, this the Amityville house. And uh, the first one's fine. It, it, it works, you know, outside of the, you know, dramatizing and kind of uh, fantasizing about the, the actual murders that happened. It, it, it ultimately works as a fine haunted house type thing where it's slowly making George like angry and you know, he's, he's, he's changing his personality and he becomes like dangerous to his family around him as it's molding him into being basically, you know, molding him to kill his family. Um, he doesn't, they escape, whatever. Uh, the second one <laughs> just like forgets that that even happened. They, they go back to, Hey, like this house, that guy killed his family here. Um, and, uh, you, you know, this one though actually possesses one of the, uh, the family members and he starts going crazy. This one's a little gross in the fact that he fucks his sister and like it's like well well, they just go hard like right away in this series like like we're doing incest right away like okay it works Uh, for game of thrones yeah sure (laughs) it's just all it's it's weird seeing it in like a film Mm -hmm. in like from 1982 that has no real reason to have that like other than Possessed, like, you know? it's it's the and like when I've read some notes on it, and it's like really, it's the director was like, I want to, I want to make everybody as angry as possible because like they were all up in arms about the first movie. I want to piss people off. I want to piss the Catholics off. I want to piss Christians oh, off. We top this. I want to piss the family, the family people off. Like I want to piss everybody off. And this is a film again. I saw on regular TV, they had to have cut that scene out because I don't ever remember seeing it before. Um, and, you know, they sometimes will. They'll cut shit down to make it fill for time. Um, then the third one happens. These are all in the same house, mind you. The third one happens, and it's just they just ignore that one and two ever happened. Again, back to the murders, but there's a portal to hell or something. Um they blow the house up in this one at the end. It's crazy. Uh, these films, though, these first four especially, uh, wild the the actors they get for it. Margot Robbie, and not Margot Robbie, Margot Kidder. It's like me, it's like it. Yeah, no, Mar- Margot Kidder's in okay. the, the 1979 version. Yeah. Lois, famously, Lois Lane. Um, uh, who they, they get a... Um, Lori Loughlin and Meg Ryan are in the third one. Patty cool. Duke is in the fourth one. <laughs> I love seeing stuff like where you're like, it's like someone before they were really famous, you know what I mean? But yeah. they become huge. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so yeah, they, they got like some actors in this. Like these are not good movies. They like the first one is maybe the best one, and then they'd progressively get worse. Uh and actually after the third one, it it isn't until the Ryan Reynolds remake in 2005 that they return to theaters. There's like six yeah. films in between. <laughs> all, I've, all I've ever heard is this series is bad, which is like, it, it cracks me up like your fascination with it. Cause I'm like, I've always avoided it. Cause I'm like, all right, well, if it sucks, 
you know, I guess I'm good. Like I'm, and like now I'm like deep into it because now it's like so weird because how does, how does a film like really, well, the reason I'm like kind of exploring it is like, I understand why, you know, why Friday the 13th and, and Nightmare on Elm Street and those films have sustained for 40 years. How does this film that has no character, no personality, and ultimately like, like they get rid of the house. There's no That's cohesion. <laughs> it's like now people are just making it, like yes. just using that name because it's available to use, right? As like I, I, I it. watched, I, I watched, yeah. I mean, Amityville's a real place in New York. It's, it's again, yeah, Long Island. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, we're just going to name something Amityville because that signifies horror and people know They're its name. Bucks. And it's like, but it has nothing to do with, like, the whole purpose of the first couple films was this house is haunted or it's possessed, yeah. and there's like, and now we're just like it's Amityville. The the fourth one mostly takes place in California. <laughs> <laughs> like the the thing that's possessed is a lamp that comes from the house from that the- is bought at a yard <laughs> sale. Like it's like it's the awesome. Amity the Amityville the evil escapes is what it's called, and it's like. All right, we've jumped the shark already, and there's another like 35 films in this series. Um, I don't know how much more I'm going to be able to sustain. Um, uh, I, I, they're progressively like it is a steep decline. Um, it's going to peak up a bit when, with the Ryan Reynolds remake, back to about mediocre level. But um, I don't think this series ever actually gets past that like middle three star out of five. Yeah, well, I, the only one I've seen is the Ryan Reynolds one, and I thought it was kind of a three star. It was kind yeah. of like a shining riff, like you know, yeah. not not nearly as good, but no, it was, no, it was fun to see Reynolds try to do something. Right, yeah. he's not being his goofy self. He's yeah, trying to yeah. put on dramatic tint, like which he sometimes does. He sometimes it. does yeah. do good. Yeah, he's um, decent enough at it. Uh, yeah, weird, weird series. Uh, uh, but yeah, I thought thought I'd briefly touch on that. Um, <laughs> and finally, um, a series we've both been watching: uh, Star Wars Andor. Yes. Um, the spy drama. <laughs> yeah, the Star Wars spy drama is, I guess, the only real way to explain it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the quick like. Uh, pitch for it, right? Like, yeah. Or and for me, and like, I don't know if you agree with me on this yet, but like, to me, it's like the adult Star Wars show. Like, it's like, uh, the the dialogue, the the situations, like some of the subject matter, like, it feels way more adult to me than a lot, like, than something like The Mandalorian. Um, sure, the, the Mandalorian is an adventure series right this it's, a, is it's like, a serialized adventure series this is like almost crime drama like it, it's like we're four episodes in at this point and it's like building up to a heist like so pretty awesome in my opinion i'm way into this like i started off like i thought the first episode was a little rough because um kind of throws you in and doesn't feel like a complete episode on its own you're just like i didn't understand i, I part of it was my fault because i missed something i was like oh you, you did but but i also bl- the i blame it on the the kind of the way those first three episodes are, are foundationally put together is yeah. they, they rely on you watching it all yeah all, th- all three of them together because it does not really click until but that if, third episode yeah but if you're not like 
sold on this. If you're going, okay, I'll watch the episode, check it out. Like you might watch that first if you if you don't pay attention to critics and the buzz around it. Like if you, you just watch that one, you might be like, I don't what was I don't even understand what's going on. You know, a lot of the Star Wars stuff recently has been okay. Maybe I'll check it out at some point. But like I knew it had gotten good reviews, and as it by the end of that third episode, I, I was like really on board. And that's the thing, though. It's like what you said is like the first three episodes are like. That they're their own movie, which then sets up the next three or four, you know. Um, I almost feel that they would have done better to just be like, here's like a triple length. It's a three hour episode. Yeah, it's like yeah. The, the, the first episode, the pilot is this three hour, it's, it's this, it's, you know, it's this hour, 45 minute, you know, two and a half hour movie. Yeah. As opposed yeah, to whatever, it wouldn't be three hours. It'd be a little yeah, little. I mean, because, like, yeah, they, they, it's a two hour episode. Bit, but, yeah. But yeah, like, here's what it is and like if you if you're into it by the end of that but you're exactly right like you're presenting it in episodes and if i click play and then credits roll and i don't understand it why am i gonna hit play on the second episode the way television is structured like an episode at the end should have some sort of hook where you're like i want to come back to the next one and they, they don't do that very well in the first episode of this but like Boy, oh boy, if you have the patience and you stick with this, it like really, I think, becomes like really compelling adult drama, which is like really exciting to see in Star Wars. And it does it away with like most Star Wars y things, like um, no Jedi, no lightsabers, no stormtroopers, no Vader, no, I don't think any yeah. much of Skywalker. Like, well, I mean, yeah, you you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear Skywalker at this point because it's yeah, it's too late. It's, it's before well, it takes place before Rogue One, so Luke is still on. He's still I mean, on Tatooine. People are aware of his existence, you know. I guess right, like, well, or are they some, not really? Some, some people, like, I mean, I guess you uh, know Obi Wan knows who he is. Obi Wan, but like, there's so much in Obi Wan. It's it's really just using. The Star Wars universe to, to talk about uh, like a corrupt, like authoritative government. Yeah, and like you're you're seeing, you know, you're seeing uh, these people behind the scenes trying, like politicians and and actual like revolutionaries trying to come together to make things happen. Yeah. Um, and then there's like this heist thing going on. Um, I am surprised that we haven't seen stormtroopers though, because they go to the fucking imperial capital, <laughs> like. Um, and I also We're just dealing with the bureaucrats and shit, like you know, like it's yeah. uh, it's <laughs> I forgot what podcast I was listening to that said this. To like, it, it's like you know that conversation in Clerks when um, they're talking about the contractors on the Death Star. This is that show, like it, it's like showing the behind the scenes, like the little people, like. You know, on kind of both sides of that coin, you know what I mean? Right, so like the, they're showing you the, the, how the machine works a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's like, alright, like there's the Empire is so vast that we can't control everything, so we're going to outsource some security to like these yeah, ship, ship bags. They're not very good at it. Security company, like, I, that's so cool to me. And like, I don't know, the last episode, there was like this whole like office politics thing going on with the Imperial forces where it's just like this lady's like telling it like she wants access to this data about this thing that they were trying to get. And uh 
you know, that, and she's trying to like convince them that like she thinks there's an uprising forming, and they're just like, yeah, shut up, you're a woman. Like, I don't know, like it's 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 to me, it's it's like I don't know if you feel the same way because I know at first you're like, I don't see what's. Like you're like it's good. I like Star Wars, so obviously I'm I'm not like I I yeah. I mean I I like it. I think it's good. I I am like surprised that like people are like, oh my god, this is like prestige TV. I'm like, "Mm, I think it's really different, dude. I I really it it is very different from everything else Star Wars has done, and maybe that's where they're coming from. Like, but it also I don't know. Still feels a little bit like Star Wars. It's just kind of what we've envisioned. Maybe what we want from Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it still has fucking spaceships well, like, and like droids like the, and sarcastic yeah. droids and I like the fun adventure stuff in Star Wars. Like I think Mandalorian's yeah. fun, you know, but like I just think this is exciting. Like this well, is the, exciting to see like this. There is you have a, the patience. And this is what, you know, some some people that we, we know, friends on Twitter and you know, across the Star Wars fandom, like people this is what they want from it. And I think there's a place for both, right? You can tell this type of story. You can tell the Mandalorian. Yeah. You can tell your Jedi stories too. But there should you should be able to tell all sorts of stories because the Star Wars universe is so big, it's so vast. You could tell any story you want in it. Yeah. Just just get at it, like, and just see what sticks. I'm just surprised that Disney said okay to this, and then also like, because because of they seem. Since they've gotten it, like they seem so convinced that the answer is to show you things from your youth. Here's Han Solo. Here's this. Here's that. And then this is just like completely like yes, it's digging into pre New Hope shit. Like kind of like Rogue One does. It's leading up to Rogue One, right? But like to just allow it to feel fresh. And not be it, so reliant on here's Yoda and here's Darth right. Vader. You know, that's pretty cool. I think it, it's taken Disney all, you know, it's, they've had it almost a decade now um, to get to this point. Um, it, it's kind of maybe exhausted doing the nostalgia, right? Like, Well, but that's also, ex- like, I, like I, everyone's like, oh, like, they just relied so much. Man, like. I don't know if anybody remembers back before the Force Awakens came out or like after after yeah. the prequels, right? Everybody was so pissed off at the prequels and they they've they've had a re, you know, a re-review of them and people yeah. kind of like them now. But this is what Disney delivered is literally what people asked for coming yeah. off the prequels and George doesn't know what he's doing. Like, we need X, Y, Z, and they delivered that with The Force Awakens. Tried something different with The Last Jedi and got eviscerated for it. Which I still really like. Yeah, it's a yeah, great yeah, film. Yeah. But again, like, a good portion of, of the fan base, and maybe it's a vocal minority, but they turned Split. so bad yeah. on it that any actual criticism of The Last Jedi was just tainted by that that nasty yeah, negativity. Yeah. And so they... they you know, full circle went back and and did what they did with with you know Rise of Skywalker. They played through there. They've given fans what they want, and it took them kind of establishing with the Mandalorian. Like we can give fans what they want, but also do a little bit new stuff. Yeah. And finally, like, all right, this is where we're at. We've we have a good foothold. Now we can start playing. And it's not just with you know, Andor, which is, you know, TV wise, but like even in their novels and their comics, they're doing stuff different 
from just relying yeah. on on the old stuff and it just it takes a while right like they needed to get their feet they needed to get their footing they needed to get an understanding of what people would accept and not accept and i mean critically so far this is a home run i hope that the like for them that they see like the audience is there for this i'm assuming the audience is there for this yeah um, probably and i do think like this is slow going early on my wife is not a star wars person at all but she likes the mandalorian because yoda's cute and this and that I think this, like, for as slow as it's going right now, I think it's going to get really exciting at parts. I think I think this is the show that, like, your patience is going to it's going to pay off. You're still going to get your Star Wars. Like, you're still going to yeah, get shit so. blown up. I mean, you did already in, what, what was it, the first or second episode, they had that whole shootout in Ferris or whatever. Yep. Farron or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, a little bit of action, but I think there's like, I think the heist is going to be super exciting. I think there's going to be big things coming that are going to be really exciting. And, and, you know, it's just, but it's not all just whiz bang. It's like slow build, character drama, payoff. And I, I'm just like so excited about that, which is so funny because I'm like, I've always been, you know, me, like I'm a, I'm a casual Star Wars fan. I think it's fun. It's all right. Like, but to me, it's like so exciting to see it really. To me, it really feels adult. Like, I, I, it starts off in a brothel, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, which is know? something like you don't normally like. You, yeah. you wouldn't get that in a normal Star Wars yeah. film or or TV show. Um, and I do think it's funny that like Tony Gilroy is like, oh yeah, no, no Easter eggs or stuff, and there are definitely Easter eggs in there. You just got to look for them a little bit harder. Probably um, not. I'm still aware of because I don't think he's a Star Wars person. Really. Yeah, so it's like so, somebody like in so in the last episode four, five will be out by the time this episode, our episode goes up. But in four, like Mon Mothma and the the other guy are talking in his like high end boutique, and they go yeah. into the back. When they go into the back, as they're walking past there, there's like this suit of armor. That suit of armor is it's like very obscure, but it is like the it is the armor from uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, like the dark side version of the main character. <laughs> like, oh, if, wow! It, like it's like really obscure shit, but they like put this in there. It's like right off on the side. It's like, wow! Like, yeah, he, he, he might not know that. He's like, yeah, that looks good. Like, the, we would sell antiques. Put right. that in the corner. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about <laughs> the Skarsgård character, right? Like, um, yeah, yeah, like that part where he goes and he plays his other role i loved watching him prepare for that role like the way he like got himself a costume and like kind of the little like movement like to put himself in the mindset of this character that he that he has to play all the time yeah he's he's trying to talking to like a senator right like you know you gotta get she's a senator for me yeah but she's basically like the nancy pelosi of like the senate but she has to do like she's trying to get these this rebel alliance or that's not even a rebel alliance yet like these rebels like money secretly <laughs> like funneling yeah. money from the government like dude that's the kind of like I mean George Lucas tried a little bit of this with the prequels where it was like getting really into the politics and stuff but like he's just not as good a writer and oh but, like, like yeah he, he's like well, I'm gonna focus on the actual Senate hearing he's like nobody actually wants to watch yeah. I mean if you write it well but he's not he like he's just not right like there. he he is there to do like you know yeah, he he writes stories and he basically writes like kids fairy tales 
Um, and he's trying to like fit Senate hearings into it. It just doesn't fit. <laughs> we're getting this type of stuff, but I think it's compelling. And like, yeah. I'm so excited. I, I like. I hope it it all pans out. <laughs> like it's it, so far, it's really good. But it's like the, it's like a, a promise of what's to come. Uh, I can't wait for this heist. Give me the fucking heist next episode. Yep, it's coming up. So I'm sure we'll talk more about Andor as as uh, it continues on. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we spent an hour and a half talking about movies, and we are back. And this month, uh, we have a pair of religious horror films. I'm using air quotes for both of them. <laughs> um, came out in 1999. Uh, the first is Stigmata. The second will be End of Days. Uh, both were from, uh, as I said, 1999. Both wounds are identical, the same size, same shape. You think I did this? What's happening in your life, Reiki? It is some sort of attack. Wrists are bandaged. We're investigating this one. Ms. Page, I travel around the world investigating miracles. Do you know what the stigmata are? Five wounds, his back scourged by whips, or nails driven through his hands and feet. Only deeply devout people have been afflicted. These wounds. Which church do you attend? I don't go to church. All stigmatics suffer the most intense demonic attacks. I wrote that? It's a form of Aramaic that hasn't been used for 1900 years. Problem is what it says. It was written entirely in the language of Jesus, written in the first person. There are some in the Vatican who believe that this could destroy the church. You have no idea who you're dealing with. Who are you? Your messenger, non importante. This is a warning. I can't escape this. You lied to me. You tried to silence her. If she receives another wound, she's going to die. Take me. Let me be your messenger. How's your faith these days, Father? How's your faith these days? Uh, we're going to start with Stigmata, which um, came out September 10th, 1999. Um, to note here, uh, when, when I set these up, I was remembering a different film than Stigmata. Yeah, what movie were you thinking of? Uh, Lost Souls, which is a film starring Winona Ryder that came out in like 2001, maybe-ish. Uh, it has a similar... Um, kind of end of the end of the millennia vibe that uh, end of days does years late or yearly. Um, yeah. 
uh, yeah, the year yearly it came out in two thousand. Yeah, so. Both of these movies are very Y two K. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Stigmata too, as well. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the reason that Lost Souls did not come out in nineteen ninety nine was basically because of these two films. So it was in the can. Yeah, it was already done. It was it was yeah. supposed to come out in like October of of nineteen ninety nine. But that would have sandwiched it right in between uh, Stigmata, which came out in September, and End of Days, which came out like Thanksgiving weekend of of that year. And uh, they probably made the right call. I don't think it, I don't think it helped much either way. But uh, I, think, I think that movie bombed both critically and and uh, commercially. But um, have you seen I, that one? I have. Um, I have seen that one. It's uh it's another one where it's like the devil is is coming to uh you know take over and there's a vessel that is needed. You are um, on top of these movies, man. Like you you might like one of my choices for next month. Spoilers. Or, possibly. Um uh um, shadowing. <laughs> so yeah. So we're we're going we're going to start with Stigmata, uh directed by Rupert Wainwright. Um I, I don't know anything like off the top of my head that that I would have seen from him. I looked at it, but I don't remember now. Um, yeah, not nothing. Uh, nothing like really jumps out at me uh, from from what I see here. Blank check. Not sure. Oh, that's that's the movie. That's like a Disney film with kid. <laughs> um, that's the only. That's the only thing here that maybe I would have seen. Doesn't really matter. Uh, stars Patricia Arquette. Um, yes. as, as the kind of lead here uh, with Gabriel Byrne as the uh, the other lead he is um, he plays a priest that is uh, kind of like a paranormal priest he, he studies miracles and stuff for he, the church he, he investigates for the Vatican like yes. uh, you know sessions and whatnot um, simple premise here uh, you know Patricia Arquette start suffering wounds that are possibly uh you know seem similar to what would be a stigmata which are um wounds of that Jesus would have suffered when he was crucified on on the cross and you know, in catholic religion people believe they get these that they're they're being uh, shined on by god because they're so close to them yeah, which is, um, uh, in my opinion, a problem with this movie. But we'll get into why that's a problem. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that that's basically premise here. Patricia Arquette starts getting these. They dispatch Gabriel Burns' priest to to investigate. He investigates. Uh, there's a conspiracy between all of this, and um, and then shit shit goes haywire in the end. Uh, last month. You kind of said one get away from like just going plot point by plot point. I, I think you're right. Like, there's not much reason to go over yeah. these films, you know, point by point. Yeah, I want to touch on everything that I, I think is notable and yes. uh, and without fear of spoilers. But I don't feel the need to, you know, go over every shot. Like, you yeah, know, right? yeah. It's, I think think we, we kind of want to talk around what what we what was notable to us, what we maybe liked, what we didn't like. Um, and kind of move from there and streamline this this process of reviewing it a bit. Um, but yeah, I have a history with you know uh, one. I, I 
you know, 16, 12, 12 years of Catholic school. Ah, like I did. I did too. Yeah. Well, uh, I didn't go to a Catholic school. I went to CCD. Have you ever heard of CCD? Yeah, like, it's, like, it's like the religion class for it's like night school. <laughs> yeah. It's like religious. Or, yeah. It's like where all the kids went to public school. That, I, for me, it would be like, church. it'd be like two hours on a Wednesday night that I got sent off to this fucking religious bullshit, which is so funny because like my parents were not religious. We never went to church, but they're like, they thought it would be good for me. You know, <laughs> that was it. Like, uh, you know, they're going to teach you good, good stuff. Like, I don't know if they, I don't, you know, they were not religious in the sense, like they didn't quote the Bible. We never went to church, but they thought, Hey, you go learn the good stuff. You know, like, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like CCD for those that aren't are from. I don't remember exactly what what I don't know stands for, but it's, it's like Jeff school. said, it's Sunday school, but yeah. at night in the middle of the week, and it's basically for kids that don't go to Catholic school to learn all about the Catholic religion so that they can receive the sacraments. Yeah. Um. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Uh, as, as confession, or yeah, and then you get yeah. the uh, you get confirmed, confirmed. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's stupid, all of it. Yeah. So that that's what Jeff did. I was my parents sent me to actual oh. Catholic school, so I was in in there nuns, all that shit. Oh. Um. Sorry. You know, church on like a Friday, <laughs> like uh, you know, church on on holy days uh, if we weren't off. Which we're supposed to go to church, you know, according to the the actual Catholic Church. So this stuff is kind of like taboo in 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 the Catholic yeah, circle, true. right? Like yeah. they don't like they don't like anything that maybe paints a bad light. They're unhappy the about this, yeah. Yeah, and like I'm well out of school by the time this came out, but this shit always kind of has fascinated me because it's like you, the yeah. fringe of. It's like the exact opposite of everything that like they've taught. It's all fringe, like you know, uh, fringe uh, gospels and and uh, yeah. mysticalism and and like exorcisms. Like it's not stuff that they're that they teach. Like they try to hide all that shit behind if any of it's real or or not. They don't like to talk about it. They don't like it being depicted in media. So this is very taboo. And like I'm always drawn to like shit that they're tell don't do that shit. Like as any kid would be. So I grew up like fascinated by paranormals, like Amityville, very like you know similar <laughs> concept. It's it's uh, all you know like re- priests all in it, but they're all doing stuff against how the church operates. So that that's what this is here. Like it's a uh, you know this film about this thing that happens to people that are deeply religious uh, happening to a hairdresser in fucking Pittsburgh. <laughs> And she's looking very nineties hairdresser, <laughs> like uh, yeah, uh, like kind of punk slash gothish, and I Britney Loveish a little bit. That nineties um, kind of grunge style or whatever yep. she has going, this is still very effective for me as someone that grew up in that era. Like, and particularly is like still very young here. Um. Oh, she's so cute in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, like very good. Saving grace in this movie. I'm sorry to say. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, she that that's what it is. It's she's she's getting these and she's being uh she's being investigated by Gabriel Burns priest. Um, and as he is you know investigating this, 
more and more is being revealed to you as as she continues to get the wounds of the crucifixion we start getting more and more glimpses of maybe why this is all happening and um you know there's you know some aramaic that gets written on a mirror in her house and uh it all circles down to it's like a lost gospel yeah uh under undermines the uh teachings of the current day church in 1999 which to me is like fa- i think it's a fascinating idea it's, i don't it's... i don't think it's very well executed but no it's gospel straight from jesus right yeah it's supposedly and... in his words yes yeah and i think the conceit here is that it kind of it getting out there would like undermine the church's authority and that it would be a direct communication from Jesus to to his believers and and so right is that like the idea yeah. kind of well, like that, yeah so they 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 go they say this line multiple times like I don't know the actual line but basically it's you don't you don't need this these walls you don't need this you don't need the actual church because god is everywhere right so like and this is coming from supposedly from Jesus himself he's like like you can commune with God anywhere you want. You don't need a conduit, and that's so what the gospel keep... is saying, right? Like, right. That's the, like this, the message of yes, the gospel. The, the yeah. message of this this gospel from Jesus, yes. is, which is good. Is I, that. I think it's a good idea, and like when yeah. this gets introduced in the movie, which is pretty late, like it, it maybe at least the halfway point, we, we like this idea is yes. is introduced. It, it like it's almost like it's becoming a paranoid thriller. And I felt like that's what the movie should have been. Like, like it, it's doing like this interesting thing is buried inside of a possession horror movie. Like, and that doesn't make sense because her getting st- stigmata is not possession. It, it, or if she's possessed, she's possessed by like Jesus, right? Well, yeah, that that is the concept and, here, and like they try to twist that too. Is that like? It's like that shouldn't be horror. That should be, it should be exactly. a, a wonderful thing for her. Like she should be, it shouldn't be like, she has like these scary visions and she'll talk in this creepy voice. And it's like, but that's not, <laughs> yeah, that's not how it's, portrayed. It's, it's confused. I think the paranoid thriller slash a spiritual drama about like someone who has actually found, what Jesus is really trying to say, and then like the church is like coming after, like that would could be a good movie, and like this movie like c- kind of tries to do that, but within the confines of ripping off The Exorcist, and it just that doesn't work. Like it, it's two different things. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know if you feel that way about it, but like that to me is no, like, I do because like well, why is one why is Patricia Arquette tied to this guy right like yeah. I, I mean we, we get it like ultimately it's because her her uh, mother was in bolivia or Colombia or wherever and she yeah. bought a rosary and that rosary happened to belong to this other priest who was working on this there was a uh, miracle happening at his church yeah right the the virgin mary statue was weeping in blood yep and then her mom like some someone steals the rosary off this dead priest. Her mom mails it to her for whatever fucking reason. Probably because it goes with her get up good, and and that somehow like 
puts a curse on her that she gets the stigmata and then she's like preaching the gospel of Jesus but like man it just it doesn't make sense that it's like trying to be like this horror movie like it doesn't, right. that doesn't make it's, sense to me like, it's it's like we're going to put this paranormal event on this woman that is like it is you know it's horrific the way they depict it right she is like getting these visions in public yeah. and wounds, and they're, they're, and they're frightening, and, and she's frightened. And, and I thought Roger Ebert's review was really good at uh, uh, explaining all this because he is a Catholic boy too, and he was like, "She should be in ecstasy, like she shouldn't. It shouldn't be like this scary event, right?" Um, I understand it being a scary event for somebody that's not religious. Like she is not religious at all. Like she. Yeah, but the movie is like trying to play it as a scary event for you. Like it's like Bruh. she's like. Oh yeah, yeah. She, right. she's, and, yes. You know, and I don't know. It just it, and and as because it's a horror movie. Like it, it, it tries to be a horror movie. Like there's very little like convincing or like effective horror in it like it's just like these stupid visions that kind of go nowhere is there is this, anyone get killed in this at all uh does she live yeah she lives <laughs> <laughs> <She live. laughs> yes he carries her out at the end like it's really like Kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, I wasn't sure. It's like it's kind of like because then she gets up and kind of walks away, and it's like there's this white light. I wasn't sure if she was dead, and he was seeing a vision. I'm not really like, like, yeah. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter. There is no like people aren't dying around her. Uh, There is nobody like dying in the cover up. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like. You know, it, it, it couches itself in a horror movie that has like very little horror going on. Like that's it, that's why I think it falls apart. Doesn't work because like there's an idea at the core that I think you and I both think are interesting, like or is interesting. You know, yeah. Uh, but it's just like you could have made a better movie out of this idea. But this, I don't think this movie works. No, uh, ultimately, I don't think it works. I do think that the the underlying themes under there are interesting as we've said it's just it doesn't come together as a horror film it doesn't come together as a spiritual thriller um it doesn't necessarily get its message out properly because it's so muddled yeah in, in everything um and it's it does trying... have it does have this billy corgan uh, uh soundtrack like and very 90s opening credits too by the way oh yeah very very she much drinks... Red Dog a beer. I don't know if you caught that. No, I didn't. It was so, in the bar at the beginning. At the in the very opening credits, there's a shot of Red Dog a beer for some reason. It's like a brief shot. I don't know if she's drinking it or what. And then there's a part where she opens her fridge and there's Red Dog beer in there that made me laugh because I'm like, I used to drink that when I was a kid, and that that shit hasn't been around since then. Uh, so it just really firmly placed like on top of the music and everything else. It's like a Billy Corgan score. But it has like these like rock songs that are also written by him, but then like sung by like Natalie and Bruglia, or I don't know if that's how you say her name. Bruglia, I think. Yeah, and <laughs> like it just like, feels so nice. Like the the things I like about this are like that, and like I just think that Patricia Arquette is so cute in it. Like, uh, but like 
and that's it. Like that's not something that with the movie that's working. That's just I like how she looked in nineteen ninety nine. She's a good look. Yeah. She's a good looking yeah. woman in this, and she plays like the you know the Courtney Love type mm. role like very well. I think in this. Um, I don't think Gabriel Byrne's bad in it either. I think like oh, you know, he's, he's, he's playing fine as, as this priest. I think he he plays a very he's <laughs> very pinched hold in this era with his role. Yeah, like <laughs> give, him, give him a black suit and he's doing this yeah. this kind of like supernatural uh, spiritual type thing going on. Um, I don't know. I think it's yeah, yeah, as you said, not a good movie. Doesn't really come together, but. Um, there's some decent imagery, I think, in the beginning. Soundtrack is good, as you said. Um, That's a time capsule. Like it's not. It's yeah, not like, I'm, not, I'm not throwing this on my Spotify in 2022. But uh, yeah, and as I sat down oh. to watch it, as I said, like it was like, oh, like what? When? When does the car chase happen? Because like I'm thinking <laughs> a completely different fucking movie. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's not. I did see this one in theaters as well, along with a lot of other people, mind you. Uh, This this film was uh, twenty nine million dollars to make, which which is kind of surprising that it cost that much. Uh, Made worldwide gross of eighty nine, almost ninety million, and um, it uh, it it did good domestically, uh, fifty million here in the U.S. Um, and it was the first movie uh, to outgross the six cents, like in like five weeks. Like that movie had been like for five straight weeks had been the top grossing film. Yeah. And so horror it's, in nineteen ninety nine was was a big box office draw. It's it's wild that movies like this would get made with that budget and do that box office. At the, like you do this now, it's like Saint Maud. It's a budget of like a million dollars. They're happy if it oh, makes yeah. two. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just a totally different landscape now. That's what was interesting about both of these movies actually is that like they just don't feel like things that would be made with the like this doesn't look very cheap. Like it's just it looks no. like, this is like this is something that would come out in the theater and make a bunch of money, but um, th- you know what's wild is 1999 is remembered as like one of the best years ever for movies in general, uh, and just in horror alone, you had like Blair Witch and Sixth Sense this summer, then you had this right after, which kind of forgotten. <laughs> like whenever I think about 1999, they can list off 20 movies that were amazing, and this is just like not in that conversation. Now, now, now you remember Stigmata from 1999. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Um, yeah, so that's Stigmata. Uh, um, not, not a whole lot more to talk about here. So let, let's uh, get on to our ratings, Jeff. Um, where, where are you at with with Stigmata? Yeah, I think I said everything I had to say on this, except you know, uh, I just don't think it works as a horror movie, but. Patricia Arquette is again cute in it. It's four point five out of ten. I have in my notes, and I'm gonna stick with that. Fair. I think I think that's quite fair. Um, not awful, but uh, no. It's not, I mean, it is certainly kind of lame. Like, yeah, it's not like, yeah. like terrible, but it's just like you know, you'll I'll never watch it again. Yeah. No, um, I'm I'm kind of glad that it re- re- revisited with this because I'm sure at some point I would have been like, you know, I remember that movie. 
that I thought was a different movie, uh, but I never have to revisit this one again. Um, slightly higher than you, five out of ten, but uh, pretty much the same. The same ballpark, yeah. yeah. It's it's not it's not a great movie. No. It is it's certainly watchable, and I think like, the underlying themes behind it are are interesting and worth exploring. It yeah. just probably should have been done in a better movie that was more cohesive. A different delivering type. that message. It, 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 different a movie aiming to be something else because like it just doesn't work as a horror movie i would love like i mean and and we'll we'll get into it because it does have a tie even though like i i I mismatched these uh think thinking of a different movie but it does have a tie with like people in the vatican or people in the church trying to trying to stop something from coming out Totally the same way yeah um and like I w- would have enjoyed just that portion, not not the portion of, um, you know, the we didn't need the stigmata piece here. It could have just been we're trying to silence these people that are trying to put out this gospel uh, wow, right? into the world. Like, I mean, that stuff works. Like, you know, it's worked with uh, you know, what the fuck is that? The the one with uh, Tom Hanks, um. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about the series of books. Uh, Dan, Dan Brown, yeah, I can't can't think of the, the name. There's, there's a um, good lord. It, um, this might be something that pops up in a couple Dean Koontz books, like that the idea of like the church yeah. trying to hide things. Like I think well, it wasn't even the church; it was like the government. Like someone had proof. I I can't tell you what book this is, but like. Someone had proof that there was an afterlife, and that, you know, like that we that we don't die, like it's not the end, like there's meaning to life. Right. And the government did not want that getting out, uh, because then people will be harder to control. People would would not want to just go um, do what they're told. Like it, it, I forgot his right. explanation was like really interesting, but just like how the government, the the religious institutions, like those are levers of control and, and when you tell people that there's actual like real meaning to life that that would totally shake things up in a way that would like upset the government would not want that getting out i forgot which one i think you would really dig some decoot stuff but there was some decoot book where that was like the conceit of it yeah, that sounds really cool yeah. and like i that's that's the stuff i like here yeah. is like that kind of like the, the church is this mysterious and like historically like they are very closed minded. Like they they block off things. They they don't allow for things to escape their their control. Yeah, and, it's not about it's not about God. It's about control. Right. It's, it's about it's, about maintaining power and and power thing, over other people. I think that's kind of what Coots was saying. Is like if you give that power over to God, it's kind of the same thing that's being said in Stigmata. It's like if you give that power over to God, then what the fuck do you need the church for? Exactly. You know? Like. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that that's the piece that I kind of wish they would have explored here a little bit more. But whatever, it's not what we got. Um, and you're right, this is not not a movie that uh, we would get today at that budget with these actors. Yeah. Same same thing though. Uh, no, especially this. This with, is even crazier. With uh, yeah, we're <laughs> so end of days. December 31st, 1999. The end of a century. The end of a millennium. 
The beginning of the end. He's coming for you, Christine. Can you see him? Who are you? How do you know my name? He's gonna find you, Christine. Get down on the ground! You don't know what you've done! You said here the guy spoke to you. Yeah, so what? The guy doesn't have a tongue. Listen to this. I've seen the earth laid to waste. Take it easy. You're the good guys. They tried to kill me. Why? She's been chosen. Chosen for what? If the Dark Angel consummates your flesh with this human body before midnight on New Year's Eve, then he unlocks the gate of hell. Ah! I've come for my wife, Christine. May God forgive us! Let her go. How can you expect to defeat me? When I am forever, and you are just a man. Uh, directed by uh, Peter Hyman Hyams, um, who uh, he's he's done a, a bunch of stuff o- over over the years. Yeah. Uh, I think like most people probably know him from like 2010. Uh, which is like the sequel to to 2001. He did a bunch of like uh, um, I think he did some uh, John Claude Van Damme stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I need to pull this up because I, I was like looking at his stuff and I was like, this guy is a interesting like director. Like nothing is like a masterpiece or anything, but it's like he he has an interesting career. Yeah, um, I mean, dude, he's got Monster Squad. Like, uh, you, you know, you know, you know the Monster Squad. I'm yeah, sure, Monster right? Squad. Time Cop, Sun Death, The Relic. Death, yeah. like, the Relic is one that I've been thinking about bringing to this as well. Pretty good. Pretty good yeah. movie. Yeah. Like, again, it seems like his career kind of petered out after this. He, but, he had uh, actually, he had a, he had a solid run where I, I did not know he was the, the director on these, but from like, uh, Time Cop through like The Musketeer, I probably saw all those movies in theaters. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, those John Clive Van Damme movies, those are like some of his better ones. So. Sudden Death is, I think, yeah. maybe my favorite of his. Yeah, so. Yeah, pretty he's cool, a pretty cool little director there. Like, yeah, uh, it's stuff that you would know, but maybe not not a household name. Yeah. Um, and this is an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> like, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Gabriel Byrne, Robin Tooney, Kevin Pollack. Uh, CCH Pounder, which uh, if you've watched The Shield, uh, she she was on that. Uh, she's been in a bunch of stuff. But... Shows up as a cop here. <laughs> yeah, as, yeah. Got... She often shows up as a cop. We got uh, Hector Salamanca. I don't, I don't know. Oh, Hector's he play, plays uh, the, the Pope. Pope. <laughs> yeah. We got this is dark studded um, cast, man. Mark Mark Margolis. Yeah, he, yeah. he plays the Pope. Um, yeah, th- this has a cash. This is a hundred million dollar movie. You got the chick from uh, like, isn't she one of our main characters? The um, 
from the craft, Robin Tunney. Robin Tunney, yeah, yep, she's in this. Uh, I really like her. I think she's cute. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> as I said, it's a hundred million dollar movie. Um, imagine that a hundred million dollar movie. Like we're gonna do an action. Uh, imagine today we're gonna do the Rock is trying to kill Satan. Uh, yes, oh, wait, no, wait, basically. No, no. The Rock is trying to kill a man possessed by Satan who's trying to fuck some. Like the the mission of the movie is to stop Satan from fucking Robin Tooney. Like yes, that is yeah. like what the fucking plot of this hundred million dollar action movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Insane. Yes, I mean back then we didn't blink an eye because they used to like they would make shit risks. like this. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they, that's exactly it, right? This is, and, and as you said, with the last one, Time Capsule movie, this is a Time Capsule movie. Yeah, for this sure. is a movie that, like, they would not make today because, huh? Like, it's not safe enough. Like, it's not. Like, the concept alone is just batshit insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, this down-on-his-luck security agent. Like, he is not a cop. He's He works for a security, like, a, a private security agency doing yeah. high-end like for billionaires and shit where like basically like i'm protecting jeff bezos um and he is going to protect this girl from as you said a dude possessed by satan who wants to fuck her so that they can bring about the antichrist that is the plot of this movie and he at, used to be a cop midnight. Didn't he used to be a cop? But then, yes. like, his wife and daughter died. And there's one of many hilarious, sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional lines where he explains, uh, um, like, why he stopped being a cop and why he stopped believing in God. Do you remember this line where he's like, We had a difference of opinion? Yes. <laughs> I, thought, I thought my wife and daughter should live. He thought otherwise. He's talking about God. And, and it's like, delivered, like, because Arnold delivers everything exactly the same way. It's like an action movie line, but he's talking about his wife and daughter. Like, it's. To a priest. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it, it's just. It's because like no one would ever talk like that. It's like so funny. Like, it's like he's talking about something that's horrible, but it's so like. It's just movie, you know. It's like, dude, come on. And there's so many. God, there's some funny fucking lines. I posted one of them on Twitter. We'll get to it, I'm sure. But like, yeah, I mean, there, there's a bunch of really good lines in this. Uh, there's a bunch of like weird, goofy scenes too. Like, or really early on, uh, Kevin Pollock, who's Schwarzenegger's partner, shows up at his great house. Great pairing. Great pairing. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, like Arnold is like the down. Like, you know, he's basically. The, the the down on his luck, you know, ex cop whatever who does who's like given up on life basically, and Kevin Pollock is his cheery partner. <laughs> he comes in, brings him a coffee. Now this is right after we see Arnold almost kill himself, and he brings him a coffee. He's like whatever, and he throws it into the blender. He then throws in like some beer. A uh, piece of pizza that was on the ground, Over some leftover Chinese food. Dude, <laughs> disgusting city here. Oh my god, dude, what are we doing? Blends it and then drinks it. <laughs> Come it's like, on, what is dude. going on? You would fucking puke all <laughs> over the fucking kitchen. Like, what on earth are we doing? And it's just, that's another thing where it's like, they're trying to do like the 
Bruce Willis in Last Boy Scout. Well, or yeah, or that, yeah, that too. yeah, yeah. That, They're trying well. to do that that character, but it's fucking jacked as fuck. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like, dude, you would not look like that if you were living like this. Like, you just would not. He would uh, turn into a three hundred pound yeah. like slug. Yeah, he <laughs> looked like when Thor got fat or some shit. Like, it's just like, what is this? Uh, oh, I mean, honestly, like one of the big stance of this movie was him throwing the Chinese food in the blender. I wanted to fucking puke. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Um, like, I don't care how much of an alcoholic and whatever. Like, why would you do this? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, I know. It's so gross. Pizza, I guess. Like, that would be more believable. He picks up the pizza from the floor and just eats it. Like, Alright. I mean it's my floor, right? Yeah. My pizza, my it, floor, it, whatever. Pizza stays good for a while. <laughs> like we're good. Right. And you continue to eat, you, you drink the coffee that he brought you. Yeah, I chewing the pizza. No, he blends it. Like it's oh, a fucking blender. It doesn't make any sense. It's yeah. so absurd, but I think it does set you up for it's like where this fucking film is going. Yeah. And then, and you know, it, you get the message just trying to get it across, but it comes off as, as funny. Like it's supposed to be funny, like kind of right, like yeah, yeah. But it, like it's just like, dude, come on. Man. Anyways, not to dwell on this too long. I just and that's not old. like that's not even those bat. Sh- like I mean, that is pretty bat shit. Like early on, but I do think like the the film starts with like a birth, um, and it like takes like fucking you know uh, Halloween six type vibes where it it ends yeah. up they take this baby from from the mom yeah and yeah like, yeah put her to the basement of this this hospital where i guess all the satanists have been like waiting around yeah this nurse is like a satanist <laughs> and she just goes back to her regular duties don't they like, don't you have like sewer lids blowing up and shit like right after that like uh that that is after gabriel Byrne becomes possessed uh um, I think that was the part where I was like, "Whoa, this movie has a buck!" Like that's that's when I looked up yeah. like, the Wikipedia on this, and I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah, hundred million dollars!" Like this looks like a movie. Like you knew this was yeah. this was not a straight to video. This is like you could tell this came out in the theater. That does do some CGI at points that look dated now, but like we're doing explosions, we're doing fucking trains blowing up and shit in this. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, there, there, it, it, there are scenes like there, there are, there are set pieces that are set up here. Uh, shit's blowing up. Um, you know, they, they have like a the demon that comes out of the sewers. Uh, I guess it's supposed to be the devil that's invisible is not great looking, as you said. The CG is not good, but yeah, yeah like I mean, this has some stuff. Like there's some stunt work. Like at some point, Arnold is strapped to a. Or well, the stunt guy playing Arnold is strapped to a helicopter, <laughs> chasing a dude. <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. Uh, so dumb. <laughs> I, I, have we mentioned that Gabriel Byrne is Satan in this? Like he's the no. Demon so the, so he's like a demon uh, that Wall pops Street out of fuck. there. Isn't he some Wall Street fuck that gets? Yep. So Ar- yeah. that's, that's who Arnold is protecting. Yeah, um, at first, at first he's protecting him, right? Yep, yep, he's protecting him because he has been targeted to be the the one that gets possessed uh, by Satan. Um, and so Gabriel Byrne, before I, I think this one's hysterical too, because Gabriel Byrne, before he gets possessed, he goes he goes into this restaurant, sits down with with uh, his friend and his friend's wife. He excuses himself, goes to the bathroom. 
and then we see the the demon kind of walk you know glide its way invisibly through this restaurant possess gabriel Byrne in the bathroom and when he leaves he comes out starts making out with his friend's right. wife grabs right. her boob right there like at the fucking table like pulls it out of the dress <laughs> and <laughs> it's like what the fuck is going on um it's just like th- this film goes bananas right from the the get-go. It's very bananas. There's that one part on the train where um, this dude who looks like fucking Flea or something. Oh, with the with weird, like, hair, blonde, with the yeah. pretty hair. And he, like, comes up to uh, Rob Tooney. He's, like, uh, telling her that Satan's gonna, he's like, Satan's gonna, he's gonna fuck you, Christine. <laughs> and then he, like, shatters. And it, terrible CGI. But, like, dude, just, like, weird, bonkers shit like this all the time. Yep. I, I guess we should... <laughs> go ahead. Well, and in between there's like so the uh, you know Arnold and and Kevin Pollock's characters are like trying to investigate why one why a priest was shooting at this this uh at Gabriel Byrne like at at his investment banker dude. So they're like investigating that outside of the police and like they end up in this like crack den that has like tongues and shit in <laughs> the fucking refrigerator. Like it, it goes hard. There, there's an angle with the church is trying to kill her because, like, yeah, they're, they're worried that you know Satan fucks her. We get the devil baby. That's the end of the fucking world somehow. Uh, so, like, if we just kill her, then everything's all good. I was always just like, like, why is he? Can he just fuck? Like, just fuck some anybody? Yeah. <laughs> It's still gonna be a devil baby, right? Like, does his sperm only work on Robin Tooney? Like, um, yeah that that didn't make any sense. And like, so you mentioned like the the church is trying to hunt her to kill her, but there's like factions in the church. Like, there's this like we need to kill her, and then there's the faction of like we need to find her a protector and keep her away from Satan so she doesn't get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, like this it, inner inner church politics going on, but it's like a, a crazy death cult of the Catholic church <laughs> trying to murder somebody. And they have like ninjas and shit coming in through windows, <laughs> like performing. Yeah. Hits. yeah um, <laughs> uh, just mention it. I, I don't know where it comes in, but my favorite line is this priest explaining to them. that <laughs> He says that. 666 is not the number of the beast. 999 is. As in 1999! The way he's like, that's a line delivery kind of. Yeah. And just like, yeah, that's a fucking leap of logic right there. Like, like he, uh, like he's explaining that. I forgot how he says it. Like, it's ba- basically every. In the mirror or, or in their dreams. <laughs> in their yeah. dreams, people see things upside down. And so 666 is not 666, it's 999, but then we're supposed to make the leap from 999 to 9... Wouldn't 999 be the year then? Like, not 1999? So, so, but... so he, do, he does explain that. It's every thousand years this happened. Oh my God, bro. So, so, so like, the, la- <laughs> the last time it happened was 999. 
So uh, I guess I didn't catch that. It makes it even would, funnier not catching that. Not, so like every thousand years, the church is going through this, like where they're protecting. <laughs> it just makes it even funnier, though, the way I saw it, where it's just like he makes this leap of logic as in 1999. And he says it like, like, like his line delivery is so fucking funny. It's it, it almost is worth very watching good. this movie for that line delivery. Um yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guess one other thing. I, I mean, I, I'll let you direct this, but the one other thing I wanted to touch on before we get to the end is we do get to see Robin Tooney take her top off for some reason out of nowhere, um, which I was not expecting because uh, I didn't only really, only other thing I'd seen her from was The Craft, uh, and then in this, it's a little more adult role, I guess. Um, oh yeah, and this that's also so. Aside from that, there's also another. There's a sex scene. Um, uh, oh my god! <laughs> it is it is horrific and awesome at the same time. Uh, where yeah. Bill Byrne like comes in on like you know one of his followers and is like so weird, dude. Is that is that your your wife and daughter? And he's like yes. And then like the next, it cuts to like him fucking this wife and daughter, and and as he's doing it, they're like melding together. Yeah, it's like really bad, but like, yeah. they're, like their their bones and and skin is kind of like intertwining and grafting. So that on the right side it's the daughter, on the left side it's the mom, and at the end it's just one person. <laughs> like, yeah, split. it's so fucking weird. It was almost like a sexy scene up until the actual sex started. <laughs> oh my god, uh, what is happening? <laughs> also. Gabriel Byrne. There's one other thing I should touch on before we get to like the explosive finale of this, but like, uh, <laughs> I forgot what the fucking deal was. But he goes into this hospital and he sits down by this guy that's in bed and he's got like a fucking like plastic tent around his head to protect him from shit. Gabriel Byrne unzips it, lights up a cigarette, and starts blowing smoke into the guy's fucking face. I'm like, what the fuck is this, dude? It's like a weirdly, like, kind of homoerotic, but also just like he's trying to fuck with the person by blowing smoke in their face. Uh, do you remember that at all? Like, what I'm talking like, cause, Well, because then that's like shortly after that is when Arnold and uh, Kevin Pollock and CCH Pounder show up and like the dude is like stapled to the fucking ceiling. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So he goes there to kill him. Um, but first, but he he's, first he's like torturing him, yeah, torture him with the smoke in his face. Which, which is you know Gabriel Byrne's character here. This this Satan kind of dude is like he he toys with people, like he fucks with yeah. them. He uh he fucks with Arnold at one point where he shows up in Arnold's apartment and then gives Arnold a vision of like his wife and kid uh like back the day that you know they were murdered yeah it yeah. gives them like that shot like hey I can I can help you like I can give you everything yeah, you lost you back yeah you can tell him I can bring them back yeah yeah and instead, um, like he's like, no, I won't do it. Like you're, it's all fake. Yeah. <laughs> and he like has to watch his wife and kid get murdered again. <laughs> it's like, wow, this dude is like harsh. Uh, there's one other thing. Uh, like, is is like somehow Satan turning all these like random people into minions throughout it? Like, what is up with that? Like, CCH Pounder at one point like turns against Arnold. Like, oh. I think, and that that's something I guess the film doesn't do a very good job of explaining it. Is like so, CCH Pounder 
and uh, maybe the, the the other cop is with them. There's like a bunch of Satanists that are like in on it, right? Well, like so she, she was a Satanist to yeah, begin she, with. Oh. She seems like she's in that cult of it. How <laughs> oh, is there this many fucking Satan? Like every like half your every, coworkers like, are Satanists. Half the fucking people in this movie yeah. are Satanists, and like, uh, and Kevin Pollock, like he seemingly dies at some point, and then he comes back. Um, and he is back. He's alive. Um, but spoilers in his in his death throes, he made a deal with the devil. Really, uh, I guess I missed that. There's yeah, a lot going on. The There's a lot going on in this fucking movie. Yeah, so they're so Arnold. So Kevin Pollock shows up and he's like, "Yeah, I made it out of there." It's like you you left me behind, but I don't know. I'm fine now. Yeah. It's like, all right, we we got to go rescue the girl. He tells. Tells the uh, tells Kevin Pollock's character like where to meet him like at St. John's Church or whatever it was, and so like he goes there, he goes and gets uh, gets Robin Tooney, Christine, and they they go out to the car, and then Kevin Pollock drives away with with Christine in the car, leaving Arnold to basically get like beaten to death by a bunch of thugs, and they crucify him up in this alleyway. Um, and somehow he gets down, and then. Then at the end, like Kevin Pollock, you know, back he he reneges on his uh, his his uh, you know the deal he made with the devil, and he gets lit on some CGI fire as he helps Arnold at the end. But yeah, it's there's a lot going on, and if you're you're not paying like close attention to everything, like there's stuff that just makes zero sense. I mean. Yeah, it is like a lot for like the type of movies. I don't know. Like, it's an action I, movie. It's a... and it breezes past some of like these finer points, but like I didn't care at this point. I'm just like, this is so dumb. Um, but ultimately, but... I don't think you need the characters. It's, no, it's a it... dumb action movie. Like, it, I think it delivers on what it's attempting to do. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, but it <laughs> delivers on what it's attempting to do. <laughs> When you get to like from the church on, I want to say it's like it's pretty action packed. Like we got fucking uh, Arnold is like he like shoots a rocket or grenade into the same dude, and he goes flying back, and he blows up a whole fucking train. Like it's going like full on. Like we're trying to do the rock here, but with like this weird Satan fucking movie. uh, uh, I think after that, like he turns into like Gabriel Byrne turns into like a CGI devil monster bat type thing. Yeah, he's like this giant bat thing, like an actual like yeah. actual winged like Satan, like what you would de- you know what's depicted in like you know medieval imagery of what Satan is, and. uh I guess, you know, it ends with uh, the devil jumping into Arnold. Didn't see that one coming. And Arnold does the the hero move, man. He fucking jumps on the... It's like a... Yeah, sort, like of a, like a <laughs> sort of a fallen statue. Type yeah. Thing. yeah. Which which checks out, like, I don't know, like, if you've been in churches, they have, yeah, like, lots sure. of dumb statues and shit that make no right. sense. And as it's all happening, it's like it's like as we're hitting midnight. So then, I think you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the idea here is they had to fight the devil off long enough to hit midnight. Yep. 
1999. So he could only come back could, into 999. One, he could only like he could only impregnate yeah. Christine or his target yeah. at a specific time, and like if he doesn't do it right then. It's like, I don't know, like, how do you have that much control that you can come on, like, you need to come yeah. exactly at this minute? <laughs> <laughs> he can do it, I guess, like, because he's Satan. But, but, yeah, because they fought him off and made him jump through bodies and shit, we're good, because it's not, it's the year 2000, and we're well, good. Good at least until 2999. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a sequel. <laughs> I hope. I hope in a thousand years they're like, yo, <laughs> a thousand years of cinema. We're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna make End of Days two. <laughs> and I or hope just, that or just do it now and set it then. Oh yeah, that would, you, know, to, you could do like a Blade Runner type thing. But like you're going a thousand years in the future, so you really have to come up with like some imagination in terms of. Well, yeah, or it could be apocalyptic already. The fucking world is falling apart. I don't know. You do do some like cyberpunk type thing, like where yeah. it's like you know, corporate themed and you have flying cars and shit. Lots of biotics. I just feel like we have to go further by that. Go, go even go even more nutty. Like things that you and I could not imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. But we'd have to if we're gonna make this movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, we're not, and they're not. The movie that we we were born did, to make. What did it do at the box office? It was a hundred mil, but it uh, made it, it, it made money, right? It it made two hundred million, two hundred twelve million dollars oh. worldwide. Yeah. Uh, not the best, huh? It bombed here in the U.S., uh, yeah. grossing only sixty six point nine million. This um, was the latter days of Arnold, you know, like yeah, he had his run. He had his. Uh, as beloved as Arnold is and stuff now, it's like his run was like Terminator, Terminator 2, and The Predator. And he had like some goofy comedies. Like, right? Like, what else? What happened after Terminator 2? I can't think of even what it was. I think I was checked out by Last Action Hero. I've never even seen that one. You never saw Last Action Hero? No. I mean, it, 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 is, it is more of a uh, more of a comedy. You know what was it? Action it comedy, was. But. True Lies. True Lies was it. I mean, that, that I mean was True Lies was a phenomenal film. It's why great, can yeah. Why can I not pull up like his fucking filmography? <laughs> um, you know, like so long. This is uh, what nineteen ninety nine. He had, he had he, some films uh, that that were you know he did the sixth day after End of Days. That's a movie I, I actually really like. <laughs> but um, the last time I watched it, I was like, ooh, maybe I was wrong. He did a Collateral Damage. Was okay. Yeah, that was that was that was uh yeah the politics I think after that. Yeah, well then Terminator three, then then he did the yeah. rundown, which I think he was already the he was already the governor of California by then. Mm. Um and he had like some some little roles until he got out of politics and then came back I with tried. the expendables. He did that Maggie movie. Uh yep, yeah, The Last Stand, I think was his first big that's the one with uh, uh, Johnny Knoxville. Uh, I still like. First big I want to see back. someone do something with him. Like, imagine if like Tarantino somehow hired. A, can you imagine him and Tarantino pairing up? Like, oh, I think it would be fun. I think it would be really interesting. I think he would find like you need someone like that to find something to do with him and not try to try to 
reignite whatever he was. Yeah, they. I mean, they keep they keep trying to like. Oh, they keep trying to bring him back into like Terminator, and it's like. Yeah, I mean, I li- I like Dark Fate. I, I did. Dark Fate but was he's good. Like fucking seventy years old, like right. Like I, I think he would be neat as like a hitman or something. And, yeah, and, uh, or something like whatever it is. I know Tarantino like he's great at doing that, like digging people back up. But uh, this was kind of a this is kind of near the end. Hit the tail end right before he kind of went into politics, and he never really never really got it back. But uh, I don't know. He, he had a good run in you know after True Lies, Junior Eraser, Jingle All the Way. There were okay movies. Jingle All the Way is a good Christmas film. Never seen it. I like That's the fun. guy though. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, I like I, him. So. I I don't think like he ever got like. I mean, he is still revered in the action community. Yeah. Um Like, I mean, he was big. I mean, he was bigger than than most action stars. Like, you know, probably only Stallone maybe at the time was was on par, and I still think he was maybe a step below. Like the quality of his films was a step below where Arnold was, but Arnold was working with fucking James Cameron. So, I mean, Arnold, yeah, I mean, Arnold's peak was unbeatable. Yeah, but I mean, like at the, that same time, like Jean Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal, like it, and, it was a fun era. Like, yeah, it was, but he never like he never debased himself like Steven Seagal did. Like at the end of it, like you know, he Lord, he's, uh, he's still held up in pretty high esteem. Yeah. Whereas Seagal like just went started doing straight to video oh. stuff, and then then it just came out that you know the dirtbag you always thought he was, he actually is. Yeah, it's like Seagal is like a punchline now. And, you know, Schwarzenegger for being a Republican, still well revered among kind of everybody, and and his scandals, he has had scandals as well. But yeah, I mean he's he's human, and like and yeah. at the very least. Does not seem like he supports Trump. So yeah, he comes he across as likable. Like he puts out these videos and he says cool things. Everyone likes him still. Um, yeah, but I don't uh, think everyone likes this movie. No, um, I think I, you do. I think you are. Uh, I do. I enjoyed uh, coming back to this. Like it was like, I think I remember watching it in theaters and maybe the people I watched it with. Maybe we came out going, eh, it wasn't great, and, and it's not great. It, it, hundred percent is not no, great, <laughs> but it is more fun than I remember it being. Um, I had a good time with it, and yeah. I'm kind of glad that we we went back to it uh, with, with this pairing this week, this month. Um, so where where do you fall on End of Days, Jeff? Uh, what's your I, rating? I'm happy we went back to it, uh, if only because I've never seen it, but uh, I will never be seeing it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, I don't know. I think it, it, it's like interesting and like it, it's often funny, and because it's Arnold, there's there's stuff to like there, and, and there was lots of things we touched on. Like uh, it has nudity, crazy sex scenes, you know. It's it hits the it, marks that you want, even if it doesn't do it very well. It has him putting Chinese food in a blender. It's it's. I don't think I'm ever going to go back to it, but I'm happy to have seen it once uh, just because uh, it's one of those, like, like now I have to see Eraser and my blind spots are full with uh, Arnold. There you go. Well, I guess Jingle All the Way as well. Yeah, you should watch that at and Christmas. Last action hero. I guess I have, to, I have a lot to fill up. But, 
I think I had more fun talking about it than I did actually watching it. Like it's funny it's fun to talk about how like silly some of the things are. But I think the process of watching it I was just like, eh, eh like it's cool that something like this was actually made back then, but like at the same time I'm not super engaged in, in what's going on. I'm bumping it up a little bit because I just had such a blast talking about it. I'm going to go uh, 5.5. All right. Um, yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going 6 out of 10 here. It's the okay. sa- same reasons as you. Like It's it's not a great movie. It It is pretty stupid to watch alone. But like when, when you get into talking about it, when you start exploring like the You're nuttiness, like, yeah. like you start to think about it, it's like this, this was kind of it was dumb, yeah. man. It was like dumb fun, and it's just, like both of these movies, they're not films that would get made today, and that's a shame. Like, or if they do get made, they're not getting a hundred million dollars, right? Like, they're they're getting like, this movie would get like a five million dollar budget and, and star like some shit bag that nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> It's like you, you you need you need the big name because that's what draws you into it, and it's also like absurd watching Arnold play this character that doesn't fit in this movie. Like Arnold does not fit yeah. as this in this role, Especially but that's as, what like, alcoholic and all, like, right. Yeah. Like Bruce Willis, hundred percent believable in this role, but I think that makes it a worse movie too. <laughs> It's, it's yeah. Arnold. It's Arnold being Arnold in a movie kind of that's not yeah. for him. Yeah, like so dumb. So, uh, yeah, six out of ten for me. All right. Uh, well, I'm happy that like out of this month, I'm happy to at least like I just I've never seen it for some reason. So it was cool to check out that movie. There we go. Um, and b- based on our ratings, there uh, end of days wins. There was a poll though, Jeff. Yeah, there was. I you know I. Should probably have checked the results of which uh, before uh, we got to this moment, but let me pull it up. I mean, we are in agreement, so it, it, it's not going to matter, but uh, wow, yeah. the poll went stigmata with 71% of the vote. Wow. But the, you know, we're talking about a small pool of votes on this one. I didn't have to go further. Uh, but yeah, it seemed like people who saw this poll on Twitter. So it's stigmata. I just, to me, I guess I could see that in a I mean, way. St- stigmata, I think, what we said, has more interesting ideas. It's you know more of a serious thing, but like they're if we're talking about two movies that are both bad, I'm gonna go with the silly one every time. Right. The one, know? which one's more fun to watch? Yeah, yeah. Which one? Did I end of days. Fun. It's end of days. Easy. So end of days wins. Sorry, Twitter pollsters. Um, what do you got for us to watch next 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 month for I like to get I get I like to get weird this time of year. This is the time of year when I do like uh, Mandy and altered states and and whatnot. And we're gonna do I I'm calling these two cosmic horror films, although I don't know if one would be considered a cosmic horror film because okay. because it, it technically involves Satan. Mm. Uh, Satan might be cosmic, right? It's something we don't understand. It's something we don't understand. It's fear of the the universe that's out there. 
But they both involve weird transmissions, so there's at least that thread tying the two. And so this is the matchup we're going to have. We're going to have Prince of Darkness from 1987 versus The Empty Man from technically 2020, although nobody was able to see this really until 2021 when it went to HBO Max. Um, Sadly, I think it... Empty Man has left HBO Max, so if you're listening to this now and you want to see it, you're going to have to rent it or buy it. Uh, and it's not available on physical media, sadly. I've, I've, uh, spoilers, I think The Empty Man deserves a physical release. But, um... Hey, uh, is that a Fox film? I think... Maybe? Let's see. Um, yes, 20th Century Studios. So I'm surprised. Like, I know it just, just left HBO. I am surprised it's, that it has not hit Hulu yet. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus and other territories. So if you are listening from not America, you can watch The Empty Man on Disney Plus, which is right. a crazy thing to say. But uh, yeah, two kind of weird out there movies. One from, I think, the the latter days of, you know, kind of like the end of John Carpenter's uh, tenure, like, amazing run. This yeah. is kind of near that, you know. We have, and also, our first John Carpenter movie, um, I guess, it's not a deep cut, but I guess, you know, we're not talking Halloween 1 or something here. Like, we're doing, this is one that has built a cult following over time, I think. Prince of Darkness has. Uh, I'll be interested to hear what you think. Have you seen it before, Prince of Darkness? Um, I th- I don't it's, know. It's been a while if you have. Yeah. It's definitely been a while if I have. And I think that I, I, I thought Sam Neill was in it, but that's in the mouth of madness. So maybe yeah. not, but maybe so. I don't know. Satan is green slime in a fucking uh, tube in a church. And I think I have, but I, I, I will definitely need to rewatch to refresh my memory. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, don't, um, and the empty man, I think is, you know, it, it's only a couple years old. I think it's pretty brilliant and it's out there. There's a two kind of out there strange. That's why I'm calling them cosmic horror. I think they kind of, right. they kind of fit together. So that's what we're going to do for, we're going to day after Halloween. We're going to wake up. We're going to talk about this weird ass shit with the weird transmissions. Can't we wait. will we will transmit. You will receive. It's the it's Prince of Darkness versus the <laughs> Empty Man next month. Looking forward to it. Join us next month. <laughs>